0: Welcome to the Drive Home Breakdown. We are back after uh, a bit of a hiatus. I uh, believe the last thing we did was a breakdown for John Wick, which was, uh, I mean, that's been over a month ago now. Um, good film. I think we both uh, we both enjoyed it to, to varying degrees, but um, definitely I uh, think both of us were glad we saw it. Uh, a lot of fun. We, uh, we decided, though, since it has been so long since we've uh, done an episode, we wanted to go back to... One of the classics, one of the one of the movies that both of us look back on is is really uh, you know one of those seminal moments in in filming that we both really really enjoy, and for that we decide to go back to Ridley Scott's Alien, the uh, the first in the Aliens franchise, which has um, gone on for for some time now. I, I think uh, some might even argue too long, <laughs> um, but uh, but you know it's a very interesting franchise. You know all all of the movies have kind of had. Um, it's like they they've either tried to recapture you know some of the older movies or do something very different um i mean just the jump from the the first film uh, into aliens you know uh, when james cameron uh, did that uh, was a was a very different feel of a film and uh and you know later films i think either tried to go back and capture some part of one of the previous ones or or sort of do their own thing uh very interesting franchise different from a lot of uh, movie franchises out there where I think maybe they're a little more kind of consistent in their, you know, look and feel. Uh, the Aliens franchise is, is really kind of each one almost sort of stands on its own to some degree. Uh, but a very interesting franchise, although I think it's easily said, this is easily my favorite in the franchise, and I, I believe it's Brent's as well. Um, we do uh, get into why, you know, sure we feel that way and things that, you know, maybe changed over time and whatnot. But uh, really, really fun film. We both enjoy quite a bit. Uh, And we got uh, lots to talk about with it. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and run through the 1979 classic, Alien.
1: All right, everybody, welcome.
0: We are back after a uh, A brief hiatus. A little hiatus, I guess. A little hiatus for... Personal reason. Laziness. Is laziness a personal la- laziness reason? Laziness is a
1: maybe personal that's reason. That, okay. counts. Right. That, that counts. counts. Okay. Laziness and
0: travel. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, between just, just different things going on, we haven't had a chance to get together, but we are about to watch the director's cut.
1: Of, of one of the greatest films of all time.
0: Yes. The e. original. Herman's- what? Oh. Wait what are
1: we watching? Wait, hold on. This is uh, We're going to watch the original Alien, the granddaddy of all sci-fi horror films, the movie that started it all. Uh, and we're just going to hop right into it here. So yep. right. we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a synchronization uh, the way that we normally do. We are watching the director's cut off of the Alien Quadrilogy DVD. But I imagine if you've got any other copy of the director's cut, it should be pretty much the same. And uh, we are at zero 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 in the black just before uh, the uh, the studio logos and all that stuff. So here we go. I'm going to this is practice right now. I'm going to do three two one click. And this is for real. Three, two, one, click. All right, so 20th Century Fox logo blazing bright in the
0: sky. Old school, classic... You, 20th Century Fox
1: logo. You and I did some interesting research one night. We were talking yeah. on the phone. We were talking about how studio, like the bumper animations and things like that, studio logos,
0: like the little 20th Century Fox animation you just saw. Yeah. Like you know, like how how they've changed over the years and whatnot.
1: And and, and we found a couple of really great websites yeah. that have like enormous amounts of information and research samples. Yeah. And of the ones that we looked at, the 20th Century Fox logo has changed the least.
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it it's. Form has essentially not changed. It's not changed at all. It's, uh,
1: it's, I mean, but, since, since basically like 1939 or yeah, something, something that, like that. Yeah, something
0: like that. 31. You know, they've they've they you know tweaked it. They've kind of customized it for a few yeah. things. The,
1: they've upped the amount of detail. Yeah. They changed the font size.
0: They, they, they of course now it's a CG font version font and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. I mean they, but added the, they added the 3D pull around. Yeah, but like a, a good example of one that had changed drastically back, back and forth was yeah, like a Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Warner Brothers you know, changed a lot. Warner Brothers too. had changed. Significantly, and and not even just like they changed to one thing and then changed back. I mean, they changed significant changes four or five times back yeah. and forth. And um, now what the they've got now is is
1: it's basically kind of where they started, but it's kind of gotten of, back here after yeah. a lot of refinement.
0: Yeah, it, it is probably the most classic one they've got. But anyway,
1: speaking of really cool logos, the uh, the title sequence for Alien I think is one of the most interesting. Because of this slowly revealed word. Like at first you're not sure if you're seeing hieroglyphics or yeah. or what you're seeing, but by now I think you've you've probably put together that you're gonna see the word alien. And uh uh Ridley Scott Spoiler says... Spoiler alert yeah, if you haven't watched this. Ridley Scott said that I, I believe that the, the company that came up with the idea for this was uh I think it was like the PR firm they'd hired that put together the poster and Yeah, I think so. They're the ones that came with the tagline in space, no one can hear you scream and I think he said that this was their idea. And uh it's, and it's it was a, a very it. good idea. Yeah, it it looks
0: just it's just it's an interesting thing. It's it kind of gives you time to sort of get into the mode ready for the uh excitement that is about
1: to come. Yeah. So here we go. Uh space. Space bitches. Uh of course uh Star Wars was on everybody's mind uh when this film was being made. Interestingly enough though, the the motion control camera technique that Star Wars popularized and it became the mainstay for visual like the effects. The rotoscoping or something like that. Or they did well, you know. That, that's a, that's where they've got the camera on a computer-controlled track, and they do oh, multiple right. passes okay. of a model. You know, so they, they, they put a model of like a Millennium Falcon up. They have the camera go by. They get a they get a they get a, a lighting pass for blue screen, mm. and then they do another pass where they've got the lights like the little you know lights on the model. But then they can kind of compose them
0: all together, and they know they'll be exactly that's in exactly sync right or, or you know that's as correct. Close and as so the they've got all one.
1: those they've got all those separate passes. That they didn't composite together, uh, but the Nostromo was a model on a stage, not done by motion control camera, but simply by a very, very slow moving camera. So what you're seeing is live photography. Yeah. Um. And uh. And it, it looks really, really good. Look, I mean, yeah. You know, it, it's it's definitely a low budget alternative to what ILM was doing, but um, they they really pulled it, know, off. Yeah. The one
0: thing too is it didn't it doesn't really look like a special effect. It just you know it just looks. Natural, you know where it does as good as cG has kind of gotten over the years, you know there there definitely was a time in between this where you know special effects could could be really good or really obvious, you know yeah oh yeah and uh, and and this for you know was was pretty solid. It's a se- short scene
1: it seems like like any anytime that you can actually photograph something, like anytime you can put a physical object in front of a camera. It gets you like ninety percent of the way there automatically. Well, and, and, Whereas with CG, you have to try really, really hard yeah. to get to that ninety well, percent. And mark.
0: also the this, the the nature of film sort of helps hide some of it. Very true. Too. You know, very it, it sort of it, it kind of makes up for a little bit of the you know um, you know maybe some some painting or something that might have been a little off. You know, it kind of hides that. Yeah. One thing I always really loved about this this sequence here is you know one I just I, I love the look of everything. It has a very yeah. industrial look, a very like
1: oil the, refinery yes.
0: rig or ship. The retro future. Yes. And
1: the whole truckers in space kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, uh, and also just the little things like the, the little, was that little water thing, that little duck you see at the beginning. Yeah. Constant. Like, you know, theoretically, it's been going
1: at how, however
0: many years or, you know, whatever the travel time
1: is. Yeah, you however know. long they've been in, at, at least months. At least yeah, at months. At least months, yeah. Probably years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that they've been here in uh, in cryo. looking at all of these things, it's fascinating to to hear the stories about the production design and, and
0: Purina sponsored. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. If you, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, to cut you off, but that was something a lot of
1: people didn't know. That's that's exactly right. Well, you know, Nabisco, like they did, was that, yeah, I couldn't remember. The no, no, Purina. I think I, it might be Purina, but yeah, whoever heard it has, but Nabisco did the competing film. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like they, they would take. Uh, they, they were talking about how they would. Um, they didn't have the money to do like, you know, vacuum form and and things like that, you know, so all these walls, you know, like they had to put together through other techniques and things. A lot of it is like they went into like an aircraft graveyard and they just got like engine parts and all kinds of mechanics and things like that and they would literally just like take them and kind of like, you know, cut a cross section and glue them to the wall. <laughs> and uh I mean, you know, it's like some of the some of the things that they did to make the ship, you know, look industrial and everything yeah. like you're saying, it's just it's just amazing.
0: I, I always thought it just in this particular movie. I always thought that you know because like the scene they just showed there, we were going through the hallways and even these walls, they always to me looked like they could were maybe potentially like padding. Yeah, and I always sort of thought of it in a sense of like, yeah, if if, if like gravity let let or exactly. the gravity control, you'd, you'd have off, soft you You wouldn't hole. be bumping in necessarily. You know, that's exactly
1: what that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. And, and, and i think that that's i, I mean whether that there was, was intentional or, or but there... i think that probably is because yeah it kind of makes sense you know ron cobb who who's uh, you know legendary in the film industry ron cobb did uh they call him the legendary they call him the legendary ron cobb uh but ron cobb did you know production design on this and uh you know he's uh he's a guy who's known for thinking through the logic of what he's doing yeah you know and, and i mean just to, if you've not heard of him to give you an idea uh, of of how legendary he is. I mean, like he's the kind of guy that's mentioned in the same breath as Sid Mead. Yeah. I, mean, I think everybody's heard of Sid Mead. I uh, if I they love- haven't though, that analogy was completely <laughs> failed.
0: <laughs> as opposed to the legendary, he he known as everybody knows him. Sid. That's exactly right. Um, I love this whole sequence here, and it it's funny because I.
1: Cornbread. First reference to cornbread. There's always that's uh, going to come back in the next movie.
0: There's always that like thing of like talking over one another, and they have that you know that sort of scene where they're you yeah. know going back and forth, and it feels again very natural. <laughs> you feel like you're on a, a I don't know like you just you, you feel, feel like, like you're on like a, a
1: like a small a, fishing vessel or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's actually
0: a great example. Yeah, yeah, like like you know they're they're stuck together for so long. They kind of whether they like one another or not, they sort of have to work together.
1: Yeah, and. Fucking Yafik Kodo and Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Which is a good opportunity to talk about the cast. Yeah. Because uh, the cast of this movie is fucking amazing. I'm not even all that huge a Tom Skerritt. Okay, well, no, let me re- let me rephrase that. I was not a huge Tom Skerritt fan back in the day. Yeah. He is an actor who I have gotten appreciation for as time has gone on. Yeah. It's kind of like if we ever do a commentary on Jaws, I'll talk about this. Okay. But Roy Scheider is another one of those guys. Who I'm, I'm with you there, I too. I was kind of like, you know what, like, I... Roy Scheid, like I don't get what he's doing. Like he just doesn't seem to be acting. And then, so, like as I got older, I was like, oh my god, the thing was- he's amazing because he's so natural. Yeah, he's so natural. And Tom Skerritt kind of like that. Well, I
0: was gonna say both of them are very similar too in the fact that I, it's almost like the roles that they have chosen that I like, like that are you know movies that I like. I really like them in, but then they seem to do like a lot of like uh, I don't know, like you know. What would I would see is like a lifetime movie type now, but I mean yeah. back in the day like like movies that i just didn 't think were quite you know this brought out like you know what was you know what was potentially good about them um, but yeah. I love the idea of the uh, the the control comms room that uh, I almost think there's a little two thousand and one vibe oh in yeah here. To- totally totally
1: true, and I like the again like it 's just brushed by, but I love the whole uh, like the whole uh, like passcode sequence that he's going through out in the hallway. Like it's it's like a physical series of locks that he's turning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he's got to like pull out like a key card, and he's got to know which slot it goes in.
0: It's almost like the you know turning keys at the same time on a nuclear yeah. vessel or something. Yeah, you
1: know? th- th- there's a real interesting aspect to it.
0: I like what they did. You know, at the very beginning, you see that too, where they sort of show like. And I used to think that this was a sort of pseudo sci-fi thing where a computer monitor would would actually shine its text. Off of the screen, you yeah, know? like on screen. face. You see that all the time in like movies, and I'm like, "What? That's not. That's so fake looking. No. That's real. Like old CRTs were like that. Like yeah. they didn't have, I guess, like whatever the mask is that sort of stops it, and it would it would come out. That's why a lot of times you see like old, well, like old um, submarine movies and stuff like that. I think some yeah. of the old monitors actually did they that. Put out a lot of light. And, um, I don't, it adds a really cool visual. I think
1: yeah. Ridley Scott talked about trying to achieve that look on film, and mm-hmm. you know, eventually, I think they ended up wiring up like a sixteen millimeter projector to like shoot it. Well, on well to... like, I don't know about these shots, but I know that shot of the helmet at the beginning mm-hmm. before they wake up. Yeah, that one's a you know because you can really, I mean, you, it's, you can it's read focused, as clear you can really day, see the yeah. detail. But trying to achieve that effect. Yeah. Um, but uh, the movie really has an amazing cast. I mean, there's a lot of amazing things about the film. There's a lot of things that live in the minds of uh of film buffs and uh and and fans of the franchise but uh definitely you know you got Tom Skerritt you got uh, Yafik Kodo you got uh Harry Dean Stanton John Hurt um Of course
0: Sigourney Weaver Sigourney and Weaver Ian
1: d- McShane and uh and uh was it Veronica Cartwright mm-hmm. and um or is that her character name I'm totally her that lady there that one anyway right there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway um but uh like the, the thing about this movie is that um it does it is kind of like a fantastical event in, in a sense and it's like a fantastical location mm-hmm. in space and everything but like all kind of adventure films the people are very relatable, you know. It's, yeah. it's like it's like ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances,
0: well, and, and, and it's so diverse, you know. Like it just it feels again that that kind of like some of them are very buttoned up by the by the book. Some are kind yeah. of like the you know rough and tumble group. And then there's like you know people like Dallas who's kind of in the middle. He he He's has to sort back. of balance that yeah. you know that 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 team and whatnot. And uh, and murders robots and murderous robots. I mean, you know, there's, there's a little bit of everything.
1: I mean, you know, you you got everything in this movie. But, um, it is interesting to watch uh and I hope that you've seen this film if you're watching this because we're going to be spoiling some stuff it's very interesting to watch Ian McShane in some of these early scenes and to and to kind of watch the way that he interacts or doesn't quite interact he is he is yeah. definitely disconnected from the rest of the people, although Yafik is kind of punking him and saying, "Hey, get out of my chair." He kind of removes himself from the situation he's he's hanging in the background he's watching, and all of that of course, you know uh becomes very, very. Uh, very well, interesting. Later on, when it's revealed, that and, he's a company man, as it were.
0: And, and the thing is, even in like, even if you're watching it for the first time, which this would be not the best way to watch it. No, but you know, it's if, when way. you do watch this for the first time, his character does not seem out of place because of that. No. Like you sort of just think, well, that maybe is this character's role. He's, he's just role. The like, shy he's, he's a shy yeah, guy. yeah. He's he's timid. He's, he's, he's awkward. Exactly. And but when you find out, it because it, it is. It's it, very. It, it takes it, it gives on a gives more sinister whole quality. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, interesting tidbit that I don't know if a lot of people knew though, is that the, uh, characters that, uh, Yefikoto and, uh, Harry Dean Stanton are playing were based off of, um, Gilligan's Island. No, really? Captain and, Captain St- and, and Gilligan. And yeah. Gilligan? Yeah. I had no, it no idea. it wasn't. It wasn't. But imagine <laughs> that. I think that would have been a great inspiration for those two roles. Easily, easily. Because, hey, what happens? The ship... Kind of, kind of gets stuck there for a while. They it don't does. know if they're going to be able to leave for, for a minute, and then and, get...
1: and Sigourney Weaver's like, "This was supposed to be a three-hour tour."
0: Yeah, that's what she said. That's in the original script. I think they took it out. That's right. And, and, and it she... may be in, in the directors.
1: And she says, "Listen, if you think if you think that I'm going to be stuck here with Marianne over there, because <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's definitely the ginger. I'm gonna, the I'm gonna, I'm i I
0: might do a paper on that. Like, there's probably I correlation agree. to every every person on this. How, how Gilligan's
1: Island is really the basis for Alien." But if you want to talk about what really is the basis for Alien, there's basically three films that we got to talk about. The first, obviously, is Star Wars. This movie had been in development for several years, not really getting anywhere. Then Star Wars comes out, blows everybody out of the water, and suddenly everybody's like, hey, let's do more sci-fi, do including more sci-fi. It was, 20th Century Fox. Well, and
0: let's do more, like... Let's it's not even so much let's do more sci-fi cuz there was a lot of sci-fi but it was very low budget it was very Correct. cheesy aimed at only really at kids this yeah. was kind of like let's do serious sci-fi like more right. I wouldn't even say more mature cuz they were aimed in a lot of cases at wider at wide audiences but it was just like let's put money into them let's make yeah. them good as opposed to just you know Buck Rogers or whatever. Yeah, as opposed to Roger Corman films. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, and and so what you what you have here is basically a post Star Wars world where people are like, let's have some adventure in space, and that's probably what got Alien greenlit. But if you want to go back even further and really trace the roots of the film, you got to talk about two movies primarily. The first is John Carpenter's Dark Star, which started as the the highest budget student film ever made, and then through a tragic series of events became the lowest budget feature film ever made. <laughs> but Dark Star was uh, like Carpenter's, like like almost like his senior thesis, and they, they, they got some kind of deal or whatever that was going to get released theatrically, and it's really become kind of a cult film. But the two guys who wrote, uh, who had the idea for Alien, Dan O'Bannon and Robert, ah, uh, oh, fuck, I've forgotten his last name now, but anyway... Dan O'Bannon and, and and a friend of his from USC, uh, who were both involved in Dark Star. I think uh, I think Robert did. I want to say he did well. He was in the film. I think he had a small part, but he might have also done some production design or something hmm. like that. But anyway, they were both involved in Dark Star, and that's where they met and started talking and realizing you know they had a lot of similar tastes and stuff. Kind of started collaborating. Yeah. Dan O'Bannon really liked the idea of Dark Star. Really liked the idea of you know kind of an alien terror. You know, inside the ship in space and all that, but obviously, Dark Star was very, very low budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, not too much there. So anyway, they began working on this, working on you know this idea and uh, everything that you know would eventually become Alien. But uh, during uh, during that time, of course, you know they're, they're having to work and everything. So Dan O'Bannon, uh, he gets a call and he ends up going over to to uh, Europe to work on uh, a movie for a guy named Jodorowsky. Who had somehow or another gotten himself the director's seat on a little movie called Dune, that was uh, being developed, of course, based on the Frank Herbert novel. And on that film, Dan O'Bannon meets who else but H.R. Giger. And um, which I, did you know all this prior to? No. You know, we, we
0: we this this comes a little bit from a, a, a new well or or okay well.
1: They do talk about it on this. They talk about it on the quadrilogy on supplemental features, although I'd forgotten most of that. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole documentary coming out about this very thing. Yeah, and it's yeah.
0: Jodorowsky's Dune. Jodorowsky's Dune, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, but it basically kind of talks about, really talks about that film yeah. and what all of the trouble they went through. But I think it does kind of um, you know end on some notes that a lot of the work that went into that in building... Relationships between a couple okay. of people like uh, Giger and, uh, O'Bannon. and O'Bannon that that they ended up taking a lot of what they were uh, not necessarily like material they were working on, but no. just some of the teamwork that they kind of built there and right. said, "Hey, why don't you 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 you're kind of fucked up in the head, H.R. Giger? Why don't you come over here, we're here, here, and here to work draw on this. Some shit for us?"
1: Well, yeah, I th- I think that it was like Jodorowsky saw he saw talent in these yeah. people and he put together. Put together a really talented group, and they would go on to do really amazing, you know, things. But sadly, that, sadly, that, that version of film. Dune never got made, and it looked
0: like, I, you know, there's good. probably a lot of you out there have already seen it. We both are. I'm kind of waiting for it to come on Netflix or something like that. Yeah, you know, I'm to, really anxious. To, to check it, it out. I, I definitely want to see it when it comes out. It looks very interesting.
1: You know, Dune's got another interesting connection to this film, and I don't know if it actually ties into that story or not. But uh, Dune was the movie that Ridley Scott was going to do mm. before he did Blade Runner. So oh, after wow. he did Alien. Uh, they were in talks, and again, you know, it's, it, it would not be difficult to imagine that some of the people that he worked on this, yeah. or that he put on this show, that were originally attached to, to Dune when Joe Dorusky was going to direct it, um, would have come back to then work on it. Exactly. It's, it's not too difficult to imagine that might have gone down. Who but ended up doing Dune? David Lynch.
0: Oh, that's right. That's why I don't yeah. care for
1: it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> You know the the thing with Dune that's amazing is that it, it, I mean it's an epic film in its own right and certainly the cast is really strong. It's got some phenomenal actors: Kyle MacLachlan, Max von Sydow. There, there's aspects of Juergen the film Procano. that are
0: very impressive, but just it just is not a very good it's, film. No, like, it's, it's not. not it, you know.
1: I would actually argue that the the sci-fi miniseries that they made back in the '90s, I want to say, it, it, it is better in a sense. Like like the mm, casting's not quite is as strong, but mm-hmm. it is definitely a better. It it is definitely a better representation of the book, Hmm. and the book is fantastic. The book is really good. Yeah, but almost um, seems
0: like that's a a a movie that you know because I don't know that the original is hugely well regarded. Like it almost seems like that is something somebody could remake now. Totally, and it could be good. Whereas like you you know nobody nobody's gonna remake fucking well Star Wars or something like that. You know something that's so the version that everybody knows is so good it does not need to be remade. That I think actually could be.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that uh, anybody ever it,
0: thought about the fact that these helmets are all sitting around there. And that's nobody true. And nobody's them. wearing them,
1: and, and like when a fire breaks out, that's the kind of when you want a helmet. Yeah, you want your own oxygen supply when you got a fire <laughs> on a pressurized vessel. <laughs> just ask, just ask the submariners. Um, but anyway, I, I think that. Uh, I think it'd be really fascinating, honestly, if like Ridley Scott came back and like did a remake of Dune. They've been trying to get a remake of Dune off the ground really? for years, and it just keeps falling apart. But it'd be really fascinating for like Ridley Scott or somebody like that to, to or even like Joe Rusky, You know, like, well, that's like after saying, all, all, all these years, the, all of
0: the sort of interest built up. Because I mean, I've, yeah. I've heard a lot of talk about this documentary. <laughs> Maybe that spurns it, whether you know whether it's him doing it. I, that might be a little bit of but like where that just at least gets. Interested, go interest going again for people to sort of say, like, you know, hey, you know, let's uh, let's let's think about that.
1: Yep, I love this. I love this (laughs) here. Andy Santon tells him, uh, tell her it's 17 hours, at least 25 hours. (laughs) Little bit of little bit of uh, Mr. Scott, Scotty, yeah, little Scotty accident. Always multiply your repair estimates by a factor of four. That's how you become a miracle worker. (laughs) So, you know, let's getting back to talking about alien here. The thing about this film, and I think that in terms of structure, um, I think that this movie establishes a lot of conventions. Not to say that these didn't exist uh, in in other films prior to this, but I think that this specific genre of sci-fi horror, and I think that it's been adapted for lots of other kinds of horror as well, but I think that this specific genre uh, really benefits from the structure that we're kind of seeing here, and that is um, you you have a situation where there is a little bit of an un, unknown factor. In this case, oh, we're going to go to this planet. We're supposed to investigate X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you know, we're getting these new orders, and then you have a little problem. Okay, uh, you know we we had kind of a rough landing, and you know we had like this fire. We got a little bit of repairs to do, and then we have another little problem, and another little problem, and another little problem. And you go most of the movie with that tension and that feeling of. You know, all we have to do, like if we can just do this and just do this, we'll get control. Yeah. Like the the situation's a little wonky, it's a little sideways, but we still Absolutely. we still have it in control. And then at but some point, it sort of snowballs, it spirals it's, out, and yeah. then there is no more control, and and like everything really accelerates into into a really dangerous situation, a really terrible situation, really rapidly. Yeah. And this movie is like like it's the poster child for that. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, Veronica Cartwright. She plays Lambert. I knew it. <laughs> I was totally confident. <laughs> so. But uh I mean this is like cool stuff here. Now and if I'm not mistaken, okay, now this scene is cool. I don't know if this is exclusive to the director's cut. Watch Ian McShane here. Ian McShane, Ian McColm. Watch this here. This little weird little There's again, like you watch it and you're not thinking too much about it. You're just like, ah, he's cold, he's warming up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah he's he's loosening up he's kind of shucking up from the crash or whatever something you know something but then you
1: but knowing knowing later on you know that that uh and i i guess we're just gonna spoil it like you know, finding out later on that he's a replicant and that uh it just it does just give like and the fact that he he almost kind of like looks around to see if anybody's watching him yeah it's just like one of those moments that just kind of gives you a little bit of a uh, of a sense it's, or something that something's oddly enough, different it's, a, about it's, him.
0: it's slightly, it, it's a kind of very human reaction from a rep. Like it's like right. it's almost like him trying to think of like, okay, I need to get going here, or, sh- or 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 you know, I I don't know. It's like yeah. it, it, it makes it almost makes me think that he's like trying to, I don't know, like trying to be more human, or or he's thinking or slightly more human. like
1: or appear more human or something. Now I don't know who the third one is, but two of these are Ridley Scott's sons. Really? Uh, in tiny little spacesuits, he, he they, they built the the landing strut. That's a really that's a really kind of weird thing that he does there too. Like where he waves at him. Yeah. Almost like he's waving at kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's 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 a very it's like, very like play- almost like that's it's how a, they
0: shot it. And he was kind of like playing around, but they like kept it.
1: It's a very playful kind of kind of wave that he does there. But it's anyway, he he wanted Ridley Scott wanted the landing strut for the ship to be to look, much much bigger. Yeah. And they're like, well, look, you know, it costs a lot of money to make it three times bigger. And then at some point he or somebody else had the bright I, idea to like make the actors three times smaller. I love this bit, dude. This is one of my favorite scenes in the
0: movie.
1: They're just they're just so funny. Look at Yaphet God, he's my hero. <laughs> you know, it's so weird.
0: I, I I'm not a crazy huge fan of his, but he is. Man, he is so good. Like, he is so good, and he plays like this. Menacing sort of creepy guy. Like yeah. even when he plays good guys, like it kind of goes. Yeah, off there's always little... an air of danger. And then watch this, this right here.
1: This is it. This is the best. <laughs> it just turns it off. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, that's funny shit. <laughs> it's a lot of you know. it it's a lot of uh, set work and 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 on set special effects for uh, for that guy. But it's, but but it's where it really it's
0: and it builds that whole sort of like you know you go back and forth of like you know uh is this going to be a serious situation well they're joking about it it can't be that too serious and yeah, then you these know they go back and forth and you know they're they're not taking it, it, it there's yeah. this this back and forth that goes through the whole film that like you say it does do a great job of, of especially late in the film builds a lot of tension
1: yes indeed i think that uh, we're getting ready right now we're going to we're going to see in just a minute we're going to see the uh, the first of uh, yeah calculating. look it's ones and zeros that's how you can tell it's a computer. That's Tony. binary because it's ones and zeros. I wonder how much. I wonder how much. Uh, you know, like that was in the public consciousness at the time. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how much. How how savvy people were about how computers worked. The, the oh, I, I binary transistors Well, I, and all that. frankly,
0: I'm not. I don't think that it's even that great now. To be honest, just people people know how the device they have works, and that's it. But like, yeah. I'd say back then it was very. I mean, to be brutally honest, I, I think seeing that, seeing those ones and zeros going across the screen, was they were just like, you know, oh, wow, it's, it must be a supercomputer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple of bitmaps going back and forth. Like, I mean, it could no be doubt. anything, you know.
1: Although, you know, ironically, the, the, the amount of effort it took to put that together on oh, set probably, was probably not insignificant. Yeah. Now, Tom Scarrett and John Hurt and Veronica Cartwright tell stories about these fucking spacesuits they're in and how basically they all almost got brain damage from. Fi- Asphyxiation, but uh, like you know, they had like these little CO2 canisters that were popping out that little bit of smoke that you see. It's supposed to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. venting CO2 that they're breathing or whatever. But the problem is that the suits the suits weren't sealed properly, and the CO2 is leaking into the suits and choking them. Jesus. <laughs> they're telling everybody, they're like, "Uh, I think the CO2 is getting inside. Its, it's a little hard to breathe." They're like, "Oh no, no, that's impossible. It's sealed." <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> but they all talk about how like they, they got to do these shots, like walking across this. You know this landscape, and like between action and cut, they'd almost be fainting at the end, like seeing spots and stuff.
0: I tell you something, and I don't really know of many times it's been done before this movie. But like you're talking about, kind of setting ideas come. Up. But it's like the the head-mounted camera, yes, and the different cameras. Like they have, yeah. you know, they have like different views from from different things, and that the video look of it. I mean, think yeah. about this: if you just saw the ship, it would look kind of creepy. But this whole sort of like bouncing around, the the distortion, the tracking, or whatever it is, kind of going off, and yeah. it it makes it a little like I might not see something important like coming, you know, like that I could warn them warn them about.
1: Yeah, it, it's unsettling. And you know, the thing is, it's it's a technique that yeah, I'm mean, like like these days everybody refers to it as like Blair Witchcam Cam or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a technique that uh, that has been used time and time and time again to you know lend. A, a almost kind of run and gun documentary kind of you know cinema verite like this th- this idea of of realism coming through this mm-hmm. you know through this kind of shaky little window mm-hmm. and Ridley Scott was doing it because yeah you know the ship looks a little ganky you know like, like the model isn't quite as good as I as I wanted how can I shoot it in a way that'll disguise that yeah yeah and it, it's just it is it's one of those art out of adversity things Absolutely. where it becomes so much better than it would have originally been because of the fact it wasn't perfect and they had exactly. to get creative. They,
0: they had to get creative and because of that it made it that much better. Yeah. Although,
1: I mean, Ridley Scott, I think is either him or the people around him, like, you know, like, like, like the people that, you know, he's worked with his producers and so forth, mm-hmm. his, his on set, uh, supervisors and so forth. He or the people around him seem to have a really good track record for doing a lot with a little. Yeah. And getting creative where it counts. And one of the few places they, they they spent money was on the set that we're about to see here. And H.R. Giger was very proud of this. He said H.R. Giger was like he was like painting this set himself. Well, because, and and, uh, it, and
0: it does show. I mean, that's the thing. You, you, we think of so many things now. I mean, er, er, so much is done in CG and, and post is is a, is a post process kind of effect after the fact. Yeah. And, and it's not to say that stuff doesn't frankly look very good. But you know, back then it could very easily have looked really cheesy or not looked as realistic or whatever. I mean, this looks like a fucking alien ship. I mean, it does, it does not look of earth, (laughs) you know, it it really does not. And, and you know, that's a lot harder to achieve than I think most people maybe realize.
1: Yeah. The, the notion that Dan O'Bannon had to bring HR Giger onto this, Dan O'Bannon suggested him to the production. Um, were, were they oh,
0: something I always wondered? Were they were they ever sort of uh, apprehensive about that? Were they kind of like, look, I who think, is this guy? Do we do we know? Like, are we going to really let you know this this? Because I mean, I, I don't know that he was really well known at that point, was he? Or no, not or, that I'm aware, as well known. Maybe is as, as I, I
1: think the only I think I think his only published work at that time was Necronomicon, and. I think Dan O'Bannon got a copy of Necronomicon into Ridley Scott's hands and said, look at this. Yeah. And Ridley Scott saw, and, and I mean, like, if, if you've ever seen the print or if you've ever, if you have Necronomicon, uh, there's a rendering in there that is basically the alien in the film. The only difference is the tail. The tail is much more phallic, uh, which, which, if you know Giger's stuff, you know, everything is, you know, yeah. penis and vagina. There's, there's a lot of very sexual imagery. Penis, penis, in penis. Work.
0: Vagina, vagina, vagina.
1: Exactly. Some men are uncomfortable with the word vagina. Anyway, but there's a rendering in Necronomicon that is basically the age of the hook, very line similar. And I think when Ridley Scott saw it, he was like, that's it. Let's do that. So I think I think like Ridley Scott was really on board. I think maybe some of the other people at Fox, yeah. maybe some of the producers. Yeah, they that might was have my had only thing, of, is, it's just they might have had I'm some sure, misgivings. I'm
0: sure the money it took to do this. Was it's significant, ins- and it just makes makes you wonder if they're kind of like, okay, are we really gonna, you know, put 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 it in the hands of of a person that we maybe haven't worked with before? But I mean, it obviously, it, it, you know,
1: it uh, it worked out okay for them. I think.
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, it the sets, reason that it you sets and the I look for the franchise for the rest of time. oh yeah. I mean, you know, it, it.
1: I mean, and like put yourself in the mindset of nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. And seeing this style and everything for the first time. I mean. Yeah. It was it was a trip. I mean, yeah, it I mean, was like, really like, really out people there. People
0: watch this now, and I think probably th- it, it is probably a little harder to imagine. But I mean, this was a really creepy, scary film. Just just to see the things that we've seen so far, you know, not even just yeah. the scary point, but it, it was just such a different uh, film. I remember the very very first time I ever saw this was oddly enough on like the like Sunday night uh, movie of the week on oh, yeah. like a uh, you know it, it was when like I was ABC real 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 something. young exactly. And so, I mean, it was edited all the hell and whatnot, but it's still, I remember being such, so just, I don't know, just so enamored by it. And I mean, that was probably in what, you know, mid eighties or something like that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just things we've almost got a little desensitized to some things now that, that, you know,
1: again, interesting thing that Ian, uh, Ian Holm is doing here, uh, talking her out of stopping them. Yeah. Uh, which you know, as we, which seems to just be kind of apathy. You yeah. Know? But later on, you know, we realize that it's an agenda. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like this is, I mean, you know, the, the the cast talk about you know going to see this you know movie in theaters and you know like people were just losing their minds. I mean, you know, like people were like you know fainting in the aisles and stuff like that. You know, like like don't go down there. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it just. This movie, you look at you look at cinema before and after this movie. You look at sci-fi before and after this movie, horror before and after this movie. I, you know, like everything about those genres of film, uh, everything about the approach, everything about it changes after this film. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I mean that's not to say that this movie doesn't draw inspiration from what came before. Doesn't draw inspiration from 2001 Star Wars in a sense. Sure, uh, sure. Texas Chainsaw Massacre which I know really, Scott was a big fan of. Um, but uh, it, it's, like most innovation, it takes things that were kind of already floating around and puts them together in such a specific way well, it, that it seems wholly different.
0: Well, and I was going to say, and, and puts them together in some ways that weren't done before. Like, you know, takes yeah. things that were done before but puts them together in ways that weren't. I, it really is, uh, it, it's, it's intense.
1: Yeah now the, uh, the the laser work that we're seeing here I believe that when they were on sta- they were on their effect sh- uh, effect stage shooting this this is like stuff from like the the tail end of the production I believe and um if I'm remembering this correctly uh uh was it was it Pink Floyd that was uh Pink Floyd was experimenting with this, uh, like in concerts and things. Yeah, like exactly. that? Yeah, exactly. They were experimenting with the, with this laser light show for like one of their concerts. So they basically got the guy that was doing that to really? come over and rig their stage, which is how you get this. And it's interesting it's because an amazing it, look. It, really it is, fun. and it's like a mainstay of the series. Like like in, in Aliens, one of the first things you see is that that uh, that Scanner. robotic arm, yeah. cut out the, the the side of the ship and like this. It like scans the room. It's a, such a such a cool use of the. Uh, of what was, you know, at that time, a relatively well, and it kind of gives you technology. like this.
0: It's like, you know, okay, they're kind of they're they're passing a barrier here. You know, it kind of puts yep. these like like artificial things that let you know things are about to change. And- That's right. We're,
1: we're crossing the threshold. We probably shouldn't be doing that. That's creepy. The stuff floating up like that. No, look at this here. Uh, <laughs> I get the heebie-jeebies just watching the the stuff the the, the things that this is something that I'll kind of come back to a little bit later. But as I was rewatching this film in in preparation for this, it occurred to me that almost everything that there is to be scared of is in Alien in some form or fashion. Hmm uh there are so many so many fundamental kinds of of fears that this movie hits on and of, of course you know you know there's the unknown there's uh why would you do that <laughs> why would you do that oh my god but like with the sound effects and everything it's just oh man it's ah
0: well, and and then this, like, long pause of, like, what's about to happen, and the very next thing you see is, like, yeah. radio establishment coming back, and, you right. know, it's very, it's, it's it's spooky, you know?
1: It is. Well, and I, that's the thing. I think that, you know, by, by modern standards, I suppose people, you know, would, would maybe f- see this film as being uh, slow-paced, and it is, but I think it's by design. I mean, it's, it's very intentional because those long, drawn-out sequences of quiet and tension and anxiety... Leading to like that ah, rattlesnake, yeah. that rattlesnake strike of like the facehugger for the first time. Like those moments of punctuation have so much more impact.
0: Well, and it's one of those things too where, and, and I think you know, I mean, I guess it, you could you could criticize, but like you know, one of the criticisms I have sometimes of scary movies yeah. is that sometimes the scares are not so much like, oh, that was a really good, like they thought that through. As much as it's just like quiet, 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 jump out at you. Yeah. Whereas this does that, but it does it in a way that makes sense. Yeah. It 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 has something to do with what's going on in the story. Yeah. I love this whole dynamic here of like, uh,
1: hold on a second. Well, and you know this might be a good time to talk about uh, talk about uh, Sigourney Weaver. This is her first film. She was getting a lot of attention on Broadway. She was uh, she was an up and coming. You know, she was a rising star on Broadway at this point, but hadn't really done a film. And they tested her, and like Ridley Scott says. That as soon as she walked into the room it's like her, it's her. Wow. Uh, this is what he claims. I mean, you know, I don't yeah, know no, that, I, that's I, I not can... true. So Weaver cl- says that he thought that because she was wearing hooker boots, which made her about seven feet tall. But, <laughs> I thought um, it's because
0: he put her into a, a wife beater at the end of the film. Oh, that, that, that,
1: that stuff's great. Yeah, but um, I mean, you want to talk? I mean, this was a star-making role. I mean, the reason yeah. that, you know that we all know who Sigourney Weaver is is because of this movie, and. She's incredible to, I mean, to, she's to be frank I mean not amazing. to say that she hasn't
0: done other roles no but this is not. what she's known for I mean I, I I don't when I think of Sigourney Weaver, I think of you know the alien franchise certainly uh first and foremost
1: I mean look at this this is just something out of a nightmare that is just so fucking
0: freaky Nightmares. and it's so freaky because it hasn't killed him you know, That's I mean, exactly right you, 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 you know it's, it's that like what is it doing? Is it humping its face? Yes. It is. It's, it's humping, humping his, his face. face.
1: It is literally humping his face. And What's for the magazine
0: the, he's reading there? It's some girly man. It is. It, okay, yeah. I just, I just caught like, part of the-
1: How the hell is he breathing? I love Like, their whole thing. Why don't you freeze him? Why don't you guys just freeze him? How come they don't freeze him?
0: Yeah. The Alpha Code is the only smart one in this movie. I fucking love the dialogue. Like, I love that sort of back and forth, you know.
1: I, again, like the characters, are, I mean, they're so right. Like, like they're so real. Yeah, they're they're real people, and I, you know, like like from Yaphet Coat and maybe I'm overanalyzing, but I mean, like he's an engineer. He fixes things. He looks at a problem and says, "Here's the solution." Yeah, and he looks at this problem and be like like we're not going to be able to look, fix this. Look, look, look.
0: I don't know what you think you're going to do, but it ain't going to help. It so ain't going to help. Freeze him. Just we'll, we'll freeze get, him,
1: and we'll get back to Earth,
0: and and probably kill Earth. So maybe maybe probably. maybe it was not a good idea. Probably. probably.
1: Oh, man, but this is just... You know, the other thing I always kind of thought is so. this
0: sort of... This had this vague memory to me of, like, Star Trek, of the sense of, like, you know, the 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 doctor while he's working in there, the captain needs to be in there, too, to sort of, like, I need to know yeah. what's happening to my, my team. I need to, uh, you know, be in there, even though, realistically, that's stupid. <laughs> like, you know, the yeah. captain should not be the person in probably in here nope. doing this, you know.
1: And the like like just, like, the garb that they're wearing, I mean, like, knowing what we know now about, yeah. you know... About like Ebola, you know, which is in the news well, recently. Well, I mean, the, like,
0: Ebola. This would have protected him from Ebola. We've been. Oh yeah, obviously. That. I mean, yeah. the,
1: the government knows. But uh, I mean, like like the stuff that they're wearing, and like you're just like you're not protected from anything. Yeah, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's see. Let's just be real clear. The giant space suit that he had on did not protect him from this thing. You think that little right. fucking you, mouth? Oh no, yeah, you can take. Unless your mask unless off.
1: this thing, <laughs> like... <laughs> unless this thing's allergic to the color green, you guys are in trouble. <laughs> but uh yeah man it's uh it's something else and th- there's that there there's another there's another component of this that's so important in in horror films, and that is you have to kind of know the story of what you're afraid of yeah. you know you have to you have to know enough about it to kind of understand why it's so dangerous or scary or whatever. And you can't
0: know everything, but you also can't know nothing about it. It's, like a, it's better to know just enough just to enough. kind of unease you. you know? That's right,
1: and I think that uh, you know the 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 process of discovery, the process of discovery, and and I mean all of this is all of this is like you know really heavy kind of uh, kind of exposition. I mean. What we're basically establishing in this in this scene is we can't take it off. If we well, take it off, it'll kill him. It's well, keeping or, him alive. We don't know why. Or
0: and I'll be honest with you, I think this is another example of he's trying to keep it alive. He's like, "Are oh, you yes. sure you, oh, you know, yes. I think if we take it off, it might kill him. Now nah, I think doubt. it is, you but, know. And he's like, "Okay, so you're taking responsibility. Like he's, but
1: then look what trying
0: happens. Trying to sit, give him every
1: reason not to do it, you know. Oh, now this this is serious right here. We we have a problem. again one of the one of the best ideas yeah one of the best ideas ever and and also makes for a really great sequence i mean it totally makes sense in a in a way that i mean this is this is the best defense mechanism ever conceived you yeah know, acid, like you kill this thing and it'll it'll kill you it'll eat through your ship i mean it's just it's brilliantly diabolical it really is. And again it's just it's it's like one of those things like you know what could be more it's just another way of amping the tension amping yeah. the tension I don't know what they use to to create this but I know that there's like some serious there's some seriously like nauseous stuff that they used to use in cinema that they're not allowed to use anymore oh. legally <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like like these various kinds of like uh, smoke and things like that. Like yeah. every time I watch this scene, I think about like you know like like how did they like how did they achieve this look? Like you know what did they do to to make this look like you know it's like eating through? And, yeah. Because I mean, oh, like I don't know. So I've weird. never seen acid eat through metal at this rate. I I, yeah. I have no idea if this is realistic or not. But man, I buy it. Well,
0: it really is like you say. Like it. it it immediately goes through kind of like the floor there and then eats through another floor and then sort of slows down on the third floor. Yeah. Uh, it's nasty shit.
1: Here's your pin back. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's again, that's almost like that's such a normal thing to say. Like here, here's the pin back, you know, but, but yeah. it, it's such
1: a funny line in the mo- What? what? <laughs> I don't want it. So, um, we're, uh, we're in trouble here, but, but it's still, under control. Yeah, we're gonna get the ship fixed. We're gonna get back up to the Stroma. We're gonna put Kane in stasis. We're gonna get back to Earth. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. There's still hope. Uh, at least, at least for now. Well, and now
0: it, it still sort of seems like the the. The biggest thing or the worst thing they have to deal with, like you, like you were sort of saying before, like they know what they are, like they're known variables. Like okay, we 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 know what's going on over here with with you know the problem with the ship. We're working on that. We don't know what's going on over here with Kane, but we at least it, we know where it's at. You know, we can freeze them at any time if need be. Yeah. Like they, it's sort of not a problem or not a big enough problem to get seriously freaked out about yet.
1: Yeah, in a sense it's a little bit like that uh it's a little bit like that speech that Bane gives uh you know Bruce in, uh, in Dark Knight Rises where he's talking about there is no true despair without hope. Yeah. And in a sense that's I think that that's the thing that like horror films do really well is that like horror films feed you and their characters just enough hope for them to kind of try, just enough yeah. hope for them to, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to be able to get away. Moves. They're going to, you're, you're going to, yeah. if we're just, ing- if we're just, you know, in, ingenious enough, if we're just brave enough, we'll be able to best this problem. And then the really good horror films, you know, like let you get to that point and then yank it out from underneath yeah. you at the end. Uh, but I mean, that quality is a huge part of why I like this film and also why I'm such a big fan of John Carpenter's The Thing. Very similar kind of, uh, yeah. kind of structure. Yeah. Uh, with the relation to what we're talking about here,
0: but um, and right right from the beginning, he's so impressed by it, you know. He it's is. So, he,
1: he's very very enamored of this thing, not too unlike Bishop in the next film,
0: and not too unlike uh, you know the the, the quote unquote or, or or the unofficial prequel. Oh yeah, um, yeah.
1: Not like Fassbender's character.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Fassbender's character is kind of you know I think very very similar to this, don't you think? I well, mean,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, he, I mean. Fassbender is essentially playing uh he is essentially playing a uh, Ian uh Ian Holmes character uh just uh without the subterfuge. Well, it's a different kind of subterfuge. I yeah. But um there's a lot of, you know, just there's a lot of just, you know, kind of exposition gibberish uh going on here but i don't think that ripley's necessarily i don't think she's sus- she's suspicious of of ash but she's uh i mean you know ash is working against her and she she that's what she's kind of sensing i think that i i think that she feels like um i think that she feels like uh there's there's more going on with ash than just him being yeah, scientifically curious, maybe a little bit apathetic. Yeah, I,
0: I think she does. She has no idea where it goes, but she is. Yeah. she's kind of like questioning of him.
1: One, one and, thing. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, well, just one thing. I was just, just about this scene in particular, and this happens a couple of times in the movie. But talking about like the dialogue early in the film where they're talking over one another. One thing I always really liked about this film and it's very interesting is like there's a lot. There's some prolonged scenes where you don't even see the person talking that is that like, it's one thing to like, you know, you're talking to someone over a radio and they're not in the same room, but they're like right next to one another. The The camera stays on one person when key dialogue is coming from the person just off of camera, you know, and, and sometimes they're cutting one another off. I mean, it it is, it's such a, you feel like you, it's like a fly on the wall thing. Like, you know, a lot of movies, you feel like you're watching a movie and this really does sort of feel like you're seeing uh, a moment, um, you know, happen. I just, I found it very, very interesting.
1: I agree. I, I, I think that, I think that there's a lot of things that going into it. I think it's like cinematography, like you're saying. I think it's also the cast, you know, playing real people. Don't touch that. Yeah, thank yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's yeah. what they
0: like. You know, it's, it's a very simple thing. Like, you yeah. know, okay, look, look, well,
1: I think, I think that's a really good scene in the sense that I feel like in movies, television especially, mm-hmm. but I feel like in movies, the way that confrontation is usually handled is a little bit more. It's a little bit more in your heightened. Face yeah, yeah. Angle. It's just like like people are like really willing to like get like really angry, really loud, and physical and way really fast. Quickly, yeah, yes. exactly. Way faster than they do in real life. And yeah. I think you know most confrontation is like that right there. Most confrontation is is is, is pretty calm tones. It, but you know people just kind of saying, you know, you're you're kind of endangering all of us with you know with X, Y, and Z, or you know you're you're kind of screwing us here. Yeah. And and usually it is it's handled much much more closely to that and. Again, like you know, it just comes back to that that thing I've said a couple of times now that I'm so impressed by the cast and the screenplay because they wrote this as real people and you know, it it's so easy to kinda it's so easy to just kind of write types, you know, to write types of characters like, you know, oh, you know, here's the character who doesn't give a fuck. And I mean, yeah, you could definitely put that on Yafek Koto and Harry Dean Stanton, but that's not all they are. Yeah. You know. They kind of have that, they affect that. Yeah. But then you see those scenes where they're like, I really want to leave now. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> That, you know it's it's just it 's one of those things that it 's easy to kind of muck it up and do it wrong, but I think it pays off so much better if you take a little bit of extra time and effort and and, and get it right, and man, this movie does it in spades this right here again, <laughs> you, they talk about like just tension filled yeah. everything you, I mean, you know that it has to be in this room somewhere. <laughs> like exactly i mean this is me this is me thirteen years old. Coming into my room and seeing a spider scuttle under yeah, you know something in my room, and I know that spider's in my room somewhere, and I'm hunting for it, yeah, you know <laughs> it, it, there's just something that's so relatable about knowing something's here that you can't see, and like you know you got to look in all these nooks and crannies and everything, and I mean it's just oh my god, it's just it's just unreal, simple things, but that work really well. And you notice that Ian mcShane, he's the only one that's got like, you know, like a he's got he's got something to save this thing. To, yeah,
0: yeah, to 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 put it in.
1: And yeah, I don't know if that's like in the script or if that's just kind of an actory thing. But, you know, it just shows what what his character's priority intention is. is. Exactly, His yeah. character, you know, his character's priority is finding this thing and saving it. It's it's not uh it's not Kane. Ah, look out. Going to be a similar scene in the next film. It's not going to end this happily. <laughs> the relationship between Ripley and Dallas is really interesting. And we'll explore this more <laughs> as the movie goes on. But I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that there's a bit of the screenplay that's that didn't make it into the film in which Dallas and and uh Veronica Cartwright, uh, Cartwright's character, Lambert, mm-hmm. which Dallas and Lambert are supposedly having a fling. Yeah, but you watch the film, and especially like the way that Sigourney Weaver plays it, it feels as though there is something between Dallas and Ripley, like yeah. maybe something that they've never acted upon, maybe something that you know, like they talked about like one time. Sure, but or, she, or she just certainly to be honest that
0: they're. They, they are, I, I always got the impression that they're much more new in their knowing of each other, whereas Cartwright and him could have been a much older relationship where yeah. they have sort of done that. And it's just, you know, it hasn't, cause, like, I, I, sort of see this as very similar. We talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that whole thing, you go through the, which is spoiler alert for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if you haven't watched it. Huh? Um, <laughs> like, you go through that whole thing where, uh, Ward, you, you kind of think like they're building up towards a relationship with him and Sky. Yeah. For the first six episodes, or so, and then, kind of out of nowhere, you find out that there's been an, you know a pretty serious ongoing relationship with another character that you just you 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 don't think that they're pointing you in that direction I always thought, thought that was the similar thing here like yeah. it kind of this sort of seems like that would be the natural kind of like they have a natural pull to each other but that in reality he probably just sticks his dick into whatever he can find then,
1: <laughs> he's Tom scared how many he's are, Tom fucking scared. how many opportunities does he get come on
0: and, and he's on a, a ship you he's know on a ship with two women two <laughs> women months at a time
1: but uh you know the way that the way that Sigourney Weaver's character the, the way that Ripley kind of addresses him the way that she and especially the way that she kind of the, the way that she kind of responds later on when he's like you know going into the air vents by himself to you know try to flush this thing out yeah um I, I always got the sense that there was some kind of like there was some underlying tension. I, I agree. I agree. Maybe going maybe more. I from don't think her, it's ever been acted on though. By no, the, no, by no. The two I agree. Them, you know, but again, it, it, it's just it's just one of those things that kind of flavor the film really, yeah, really well. So here we go. Uh, a little bit of hope. We're we're getting we're getting off the planet. We're going to get back up to the ship, and. uh and we, we've got this. Our technology is going to save us from the nasty space site, space spider.
0: As much as we talk about the production design in this film and how good it is, the Christmas lights strung across the, the, bottom, strung across the, the, bottom. the bottom always st- struck me as as like
1: they're they're one of the few things that really stands. They out. just
0: they do kind of stand out. It's kind of like
1: really, You're like, there, it's Christmas tree lights. That's pretty much. They're
0: not even even like they're not even put on like well. Nope. But, again, it kind of makes me think maybe it's intentional. Like, there's some there was some reasoning behind it, and it just has gotten forgotten, or nobody yeah. knew about it, or whatever. Walk in the park.
1: Oh, see, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Everything's yeah. going to be fine. No problem. Alien's dead. Looks like... Oh, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's going be fine. What do we got to worry about? No such love. Oh, this is the right scene. I think, I think that this was cut out for the theatrical version. But... Um, this is a scene where Harry D. Stanton, Harry D. Stanton's got the whole work. He, he, he's, he's got the whole scene with one word.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Kane's gonna go into quarantine now. Great idea. So you know in watching this movie uh and thinking about you know just thinking about like how how the production kind of came together kind of came together and everything it's really interesting it, it's really interesting just like how many how many like like little little pieces uh you know from like all the different departments and everything i mean you know, we've talked about like hr giger and stuff like that but i mean just like looking around the ship i mean it's amazing how much detail Mm-hmm. Is in and, and like you know, kind of thought out detail like we were talking about earlier. Um I don't know,
0: like, like the pictures in the background, and in, in are exactly sort of like chill like in the, in area, their, in their, their bunks and leading area. area in their, yeah.
1: I mean, just like it's one of those movies like I look around and I'm just I, I'm just amazed at at how how dense it is. But the thing that I think is really smart is that they don't like really they don't really emphasize it all that much. They really just play it on background. Like they don't kind of show. Like you know, with Star Trek the motion picture, mm-hmm. where they're kind of like showing off their technology. Yeah. Like you know, you got the guys that are like walking around the corridors with like those those like floating grab sleds. Grab, yeah. Or you got the guy like you know like working on stuff in the bridge. He's like on like a little hovering you know board or whatever. They kind of are like you know ooh high tech. Hey,
0: we're in the future. Yeah. You know, like just just let, just to remind
1: you, they, they do. They really kind of they really kind of play it up, and. I think you know the way that they address it in this film, which is essentially to not address it. I mean, this could be taking place on a tanker. Yeah. This could be taking place in a warehouse, and yeah, I mean, they're really shooting it as though like it doesn't matter. And that aspect of like not calling attention to it, that aspect. I mean, it's obvious they're paying attention to it. They have put enormous oh, amounts yeah. of work into it just to kind of ignore it in exactly. air quotes. No,
0: you're exactly right. I mean, and that's that's like you say, that's the the best. The the people that do that the best are the ones that don't call attention to it. They just they do it and they do do it intentionally, but then they don't draw any attention to it. They just kind of you know leave it there. And they're like you know people will people will feel it whether they realize or not. Subconsciously they'll they'll believe this world more you know because of this.
1: This is great. Hey man, I don't want to know what it's made of. Ain't that bad, baby I love
0: I love the look on Ash's face too he's like oh, all right yeah. okay we're about to get the, we're, it's you know
1: Ash is is interested Ash is He's curious. interested not like worried He's not concerned <laughs> he's yeah. interested
0: Didn't they say this scene, they didn't tell them what to do or, so, or exactly what to do? They didn't tell
1: them what the effect, like they didn't explain right, to them just, what the effect was going to be. Like they knew like, oh, it's going to like I burst through his that, chest. Trying to put the
0: thing in his mouth so yeah. he wouldn't bite, or bite, wouldn't, his, tongue bite his tongue off and all that sort of stuff. And, um,
1: they, they didn't tell them how much blood there was going to be. Yeah. And they found out the hard way. Those and reactions then, are, are,
0: and I think they think that it's almost over at that point. Don't right. you think? Like, They don't they're, they're know what's like, still okay, coming. That was that was it. That was the bad thing. Watch Cart
1: right here, just a second. Yeah. There, there's a scene that just <laughs> that right there. She didn't know that was coming.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's not just the fucking look at stuff. look at
1: John Hurt. Look, look look at look at that yeah. like like his nerves, like you know, like shaking his hands. And Ash protecting it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it.
0: I always thought that was a, a bit silly seeing him scurry off, but it, ah! in the moment you don't, he doesn't, it doesn't. It's not bad.
1: It's one of those things that like they didn't have a great way of doing it. Yeah, they're. They, just I like, mean, like they're like throw like, through tables together, give us a two inch gap, and we're just going to slide that thing out of frame. <laughs> There's the. I think this is like the same like what we're seeing, like you know kind of like aircraft uh, parts. Yeah, air that pack, d- parts d- that like definitely that, like, looks like the, the
0: dash off of an, uh, an old plane or something.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's what we're seeing here but uh oh man oh we were so happy we were going to go back to sleep everything was going to be fine not so much now this is so, this is just like so this is just bad here this whole thing is like anybody want to say something You really, I think this is the first time of the movie where you really begin to kind of have that sense of hopelessness. Like, yeah. maybe maybe this is not going to work out.
0: Well, it, it, at this point, you're at least still to the, to the, to the fact of, like, this is not going to be as simple as, as it looks. Yeah. I think, again, going back to, if you were watching this in the theater way back then, I, I, you know, I think you still sort of... You you, you still don't know what the end will will be necessarily. Like, if it'll be as bad as as it could be Um, this early on. You know, you you haven't got that sense just yet. Um, Because everybody else is still alive.
1: (laughs) It's probably a little... Premature to talk about it, but uh, it's a great well you know here, here's what I can talk about in the meantime what i was what I was going to talk about is the irony of you know the fact that they think that they're hunting something about eight inches long yeah <laughs> it turns out it's, it's going to be a slightly different situation, but um, micro changes in air density um, but uh, what I will talk about. That is that is kind of cool. Is the life cycle of the alien, and with one notable exception, it's one of the most brilliant pieces of this movie. But the whole idea of this, you know, because you, you got an egg, you got the you got the parasite in the egg. Egg attaches, you know, the, the face attaches to the face. It, it lays this embryo, gestates inside of a host, pops out. Um and then it goes through its own life cycle. And uh, that whole thing is... I mean, it, it's so brilliant. It's so well thought out. And the way that it's used to create different kinds of tension and terror mm-hmm. throughout the film, I, I'm just i am so impressed with it. it, it yeah. It's like one of those things where, where my imagination is jealous of their imagination. Well, it, it's,
0: it's the, that perfect thing of... You never know what you're fighting because you, you they keep see, every time they see it it's something else in a way you know yeah. and so it's like at least in this movie granted down the road we we understand it the life more cycle. That, yeah but really in the more movie the quantity, I, yeah. I don't think we we you know we're like it can keep changing who knows who I, mean, knows? I mean like you
1: you it started off as this now it's, it's this it was
0: this and then it's something else at the end we you come know? back
1: around the corner it could be fucking Bob Hope yeah. <laughs> But, you know, again, it's like we were saying earlier about, like, that having just enough information to kind of know how afraid you should be. Yeah. But not enough to, like, really solve the problem. Exactly, yeah. That's, you know, like, these are, like, all things that, it's just, like, if you're going to do a horror film, important, important things to keep in mind. But um, the notable exception is the, is the scene, it's probably the most famous scene from the director's cut, the most famous scene that was lost, where we see... How they originally conceived of the life cycle going, and how the alien would recreate eggs to produce more facehuggers, and then yeah. that scene gets cut out. And it's probably a good thing it did because it uh,
0: completely changed.
1: There's no aliens. Yeah, and, and I, I think Cameron's version is better. I, I think that Cameron's Cameron's look at it. Look, well, let's let's take some inspiration from an insect colony and how they work.
0: And, you know, and that's the thing. He he had time to sort of look at it and take it in and kind of think about it. Like, yeah. at this point, I, I, I'm i not sure. I, I don't even think they thought that was as important in a roundabout way. Like, that. Yeah. The, the what the process of the alien goes through is less important than what the story we're telling, which is this, you know, they weren't thinking of it as, like, what would we be able to do later. No. Um, but, you know, that's why it's... It worked out well, though. And that's why, you know, it's I always find it so interesting because, I mean, aliens... Really is, I, I think you you know is thought of as a sci-fi series. Sure, and it's this is really a horror movie. I mean, it it, it, it is, is. I mean, you know, granted, it's it's a horror movie with a science fiction angle, angle or whatever you
1: want to say. But I mean, but it's pretty much straight up horror. It
0: is pretty much straight up horror because I mean, really, they don't play up on the sci-fi elements of it Absolutely. other than just they're in space. No, and, I, and and you know,
1: I agree. And and the thing is, I'm not really sure. I'm trying to think back. I mean, right. obviously, I wasn't. I was two years old when this movie came out. Uh, so I, I don't have any real consciousness of like where the culture was in terms of science fiction and horror and things like that. But I'm trying to think of like the movies that came out around this. I'm trying to think of the science fiction films. I'm trying to think of things like, uh, you know, like, like 2001 and what might've followed it. And really like, I've got to go back to, to find a horror movie that feels anything like this one. I got to go back to thing from another world. The, uh, the Howard Hawks movie that hmm. that inspired John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, okay. Um, you know that movie. You've got, you've got that. You've got one location. You're kind of trapped because it's you know it's it's the North Pole, snowstorms, and so forth.
0: Can't can't, can't really. Effectively get away until a certain time or something. Exactly right. You, or, you can't know. really
1: get away. You're sort of trapped there with the thing. You know, it's moving about of its own free will. They kind of have the motion detector. They're using like like uh, like radiation detector. Um, uh, there's a there's a name for that tool that I'm blanking on now. But Geiger counter. Geiger counter. Yeah. Thank you. They're using Geiger counters to because it's radioactive, so they yeah. can kind of tell when it's getting close and stuff. There's a lot of aspects of that film that I see here with like oh, motion very detectors much so. and so forth. Yeah. That creature, you know, it's, you know, like the one thing from another world is not what was conceived in the, in the short story. Uh, the imitator that, that did wind up in, in John Carpenter's version. But, you know, it could, like, regrow limbs and so forth. And But that's the movie that, like, I kind of look at and say, yeah, I mean, like, that, that's the formative kind of version of this. Yeah. And I don't really see, but also, that movie was... Taken serious like that. That movie was made by one of the most famous filmmakers who's ever lived. Yeah, and uh, was very. It was very much, uh, you know, a, a film that they uh, they weren't playing it for schlock, as opposed to the myriad of kind of you know like giant ants attacking New York. Yeah, you know, kinds of sci-fi <sighs> horror films that would follow later. Yeah. Now we might have a problem. Because Harry Dean Stanton just found a used condom, <laughs> or whatever that is not. Uh oh. Now this is the this is the part that really creeps me out because they show a few times here. I mean, like the alien is just like there. I mean, it's like in frame a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, you're looking right at it, and you don't know that you're looking at it until it moves. Yep. And Cameron is able to steal that without being too overt about it in the uh, in this in the sequel where he's like they're just like in the walls and everything.
0: Yeah, and then you start seeing kind of writhing. Yeah, know, and then they start of... like
1: moving around. But uh, let's see. It's not. I don't think it's here. No, it's not, it's uh, but There's there's a like shot. That? There's a shot where it's in foreground. There's a shot in background, and then yeah. another one I think in foreground. If if my memory serves. Now there is a little bit. I will. I will call just a little bit of bullshit on this. But like this whole thing, like him like wandering off of this cat, which he apparently doesn't even care about all that much, and like not like calling for help. Like, hey, I found something. This is like the one part of the movie where I'm just like, I don't this, know. This is this, a little bit of this the, is a stretch. Yeah. this is a stretch.
0: I, I'll, I'll give you that to a degree. Although I think they play it about as
1: as straight as they can. Straight
0: as they can to a degree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's just something Harry Dean Stanton did on the day. Ridley really Scott-like, just stuck his face under the water. There it is. You don't even know you're looking at it, and it's right in front of you. It's just, you know, Yeah. it's just some some part of the ship, some piece of machinery or something.
0: <laughs>
1: it's just right th- And there it is again. It's just right there. Man, these sets look amazing. You know, Ridley Scott. Really do. He he had he had directed he'd done one film before this, he'd done the duelist, but he'd done a lot of commercials. And, you know, he he was a guy I, I tell you, we talk about influential filmmakers, and I mean you look at like modern cinema, and there's almost not a movie anywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Good acting from the cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, it got it. Got bigger. Oh man, that that double mouth thing is just it's, that's just beyond for I mean, the,
0: it's, just imagine all the stuff we've just seen. Like you know, we, we see now that it's huge, oh, you know, yeah. significantly bigger than it was. It's got a double fucking you know, bitey mouth thing and
1: a double bitey mouth. I don't know how they got that red to show up on the camera lens. Like you figure it just look black that close to the lens,
0: but it would just yeah.
1: Maybe with maybe there's enough light shining through it, but that's cool. Okay, we are officially <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> but anyway, um whatever I was saying right right before that 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 thing came out, but uh yeah, man, the uh the influence of Ridley Scott how dense you know, his lighting, how dense the texture of everything that he does is, mm-hmm. you know, the amount of detail in, 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 his, in his sets, the way that he lights things, a lot of smoke, a lot of, you know, he loves to like throw up smoke and he, he does like really high contrast stuff. There's a lot of light at the lens to get flares and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing to like watch modern cinema and be kind of like, wow, it's, you know, it looks a lot like Ridley Scott. Yeah. You know? he, he really, uh, he's really left a mark. In addition to you know directing a, a lot of really really good films as opposed to like a director who's influential but not all that popular, you know he's managed to be both ashes he's a lot of help, yeah. There's an interesting, and this is just, I don't know, this is just how my mind works. Not necessarily with every film, but I guess films that kind of inspire my imagination. Mm-hmm. But I always find myself, you know, kind of thinking about the what-ifs and, you know, like, what is this person planning and, and all this? And, like, I'm wondering about Ash in this scene. Like, what has Ash got in mind? You know, they're they're cooking up this plan. To try to uh, drive the Sup- thing to supposedly
0: drive it out so into t- an to airlock. kill it to get yeah, rid of it yeah. when he you know
1: you know he doesn't want to do he that. he doesn't want to do that and yeah. so like I- I'm wondering like what is Ash's plan like like is Ash's plan like get it in the airlock and then try to talk them out of jetting it into space and like well, we'll saying t- hey it's secure it's at this secure we we'll we'll keep it in yeah. the airlock you know like like you know we need to uh, we need to keep it alive for scientific study or something like that. But but those are the things that that I often wonder about. I just just kind of find myself like wondering about, you know, like you know what's because we know that he's got a different plan. Yeah, what is his plan?
0: I do want to mention something right here. I do believe that this movie, single-handedly, the flamethrower industry of america oh, yeah. has it to thank for like people wanting in flamethrowers ever oh, yeah. again well that like, that like whole gag is spaceballs,
1: Fla- your spaceballs the flamethrower yeah. it's because <laughs> of this movie
0: i mean honest to goodness can, can you think of a a, a more like a, a more integral part a cooler effect like the way like it, it's used so well like you know I, I don't really know that i can think of any other movie that that is that is really like it's been such a kind of Uh, iconic piece of of the film as it is here.
1: Yeah, I I, I suppose, like, uh, it it is. I mean, like, the flamethrower entered the popular... I mean, like, when we were kids... Yeah. You know, why did we, like, you know, why did I build, like, you know, fake flamethrowers out of, like, other toy guns and, you know, cardboard and duct tape? Because, you know, it was a flamethrower and alien and aliens. Yeah, man. That's why. Um. The thing about this, oh, I love this. The, the, yeah, like the, that kind of camera iris, iris thing. The iris thing,
0: yeah. But it's also just sort of like the the. It's just attention here, man. I mean, it's just
1: like it's it's, it's brutal. It's savage pressure, as uh, as they would say. This tiny little corridor. Where you know you can only kind of see what's in front of you and what's behind you, but it's also
0: not too small. You know, it's, i mean, it's like small. It's small enough. You can enough. move around. It's like just exactly. But you it, don't want to. You don't well, want
1: to get into a fight in there.
0: In a way, though, it's, it, it gives you like that slight amount of comfort that it's not like because if it was like him crawling on his hands and knees, yeah, or I mean, you know, like 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 on his belly, almost. Well, like Bishop does, it and, would be yeah, it would be too scary. I think at this yeah. point, I think people would be like, oh fuck that. Why would you? Ever do? Right. But this is like okay, you can kind of turn back and forth if they come, yeah. from, you know. But it's one of those things I really think they. Look at it and see it as like okay that that's just scary enough, but not too scary. Like it, it gives that little bit of hope yeah. that you can get away if you need if need be.
1: And then this starts happening, and this is a, you know <laughs> I, I I think that I think Cameron utilizes this to great effect in the sequel, but the the, the motion trackers here, this this whole bit right here where where they start picking it up from this point on, it's pretty yeah it's pretty high anxiety. And I think that this is the scene where it does kind of come through that maybe, like that, that uh, Lambert and Dallas have something kind of going on here. Yeah. Uh, So she's very, very, she's very, very upset here. I I think she's just letting a little bit of that kind of come through. This is so. (laughs) It's just bad. It's just so bad.
0: It's the sort of thing where it's like it's there.
1: It's right there. It's there that can't be. That's inside previous. the room.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's coming from that house.
0: Yeah. I mean, really, it's kind <laughs> of that sort of... Uh... Yeah.
1: And the, the thing is, I mean, there's just like... Like, when you really look at this, like, with the sound turned down, as an example, mm-hmm. there's so little happening here. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just the performances and that little dot moving on screen... You know, well, and the music and the music, the, yeah, the music, music plays a, plays a big part too. But uh...
0: but really, it's the sound. I think the sound is the the most key kind of yeah. component here to really and
1: look at look at Ash Stone Cold, high, very 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 big contrast to the rest of them, and then oh. this hey, again, you see it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh man.
0: No blood. Yeah, it's...
1: It's bad. It's bad. They... Uh, they I can't remember which of the which of the cast. It might be Sigourney Weaver, you know, tells the story, like, during this scene, like, is just, like, he's not giving her an easy ride, you know? And... You know, like she's she's for, trying for to, the
0: role probably or, or or did they not get? No, I just thought set. Just, too. I think oh, Yalfi, okay, I think
1: okay. was just you know he was big dick swinging yeah. guy you know, and uh, you know he's she's supposed to be taking control here. Yeah. And he was not making it easy on her. He was, you know, like kind of like he was like, You gotta take control. Back. You gotta take control and like at one point he says something he's like, Do you know who I am? I've got a following <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm a big star. I was in a Bond movie <laughs> You know, like whatever. But like but like yeah, he's like telling her this. He's like, you know, come on. He's like you gotta take control. Fucking take control I mean,
0: you know though, I, I, that's but great. She, does. That she probably took even what, for for whether the intention was right or wrong. I mean, I think it probably was to get, get her yeah. Hurt, you know and and, fucking- and she
1: does I mean like when, when when she finally did it to satisfy him, yeah she's like, you know we're gonna do this, and he's like, "Okay, okay, <laughs> but uh I don't know it's, it's it's one of those things like you know maybe not necessarily getting along with everybody is not the best thing because I mean, it definitely helps her performance, and I mean this another aspect of this film that I think we kind of forget looking backwards on it is what a huge departure it was that. From this ensemble cast with this obvious hero figure in Dallas that we see that actually the emerging hero of the film is Ripley. Yeah, oh yeah. And you watch it at the beginning and there was no indication of that whatsoever. But it's just that as they plot along, she's the person that's got the best handle on it.
0: It almost They almost play her as if she's maybe the least important person there. In the first part of the film, I mean, everyone else really has a very distinct role and is doing things. She's just just sort of, yeah, exactly. She, not to say that that's not an important role, but like she's not put up in front of the screen as you know, this is uh, very uh, like very obviously the next in command. She's just sort of there, and so it's almost kind of like when this moment happens, or or, well, I mean, prior to this, you start to see her step up more, but um, you're sort of unsure if she can do it or if she's is she going to be able to do it sort of thing?
1: Yeah. I I, I tell you, in in a sense, I I wonder, I don't know, I wonder how Veronica Cartwright feels about it now, but, I mean, you know, if you don't kind of imagine or if you don't find out, you know, through, like, the, you know, interviews and stuff that what her character is reacting to there is the loss of of her lover. Yeah. You know, she does kind of come off as, uh, like, you know, just a little bit of a, you know... Like, like unhinged, unhinged. or, just, or, or, or know, even, like, even
0: just like she's she's not gonna be able to handle this. Yeah. Like she's just not. Like you know, the,
1: like the heart attack's gonna kill her.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I I wonder how she feels. About, like I I wonder if she feels you know because like the the interpretation that the audience would have of her performance is so vastly different than what her kind of intent was. Yeah, I I wonder how she feels about. Like I wonder how she feels. Like if she felt like
0: if she was frustrated, that Lambert was a across. stronger
1: character than or, anybody or, thinks.
0: Or as strong as Ripley or something, but seems to be the weak woman in the film that, yeah. you know, Ripley has to sort of become the strong, or something like that. Like yeah. some sort of, yeah, I agree. It'd be, it would be, uh, it'd be interesting to know. I She does an amazing job though. I mean, she's so good. Like that, She's a good actress. Like she yeah. really is. I mean, like, it, it, her her intensity really comes through well, in that last scene, especially.
1: And I, you know, I, I've I've heard it said that you know when you do when you do, do films love this like little, this, that little
0: that little yep. light beam, like it it's just the a little stupid.
1: Oh, that's awful, oh. right there. And for the first time, Ash smiles. Probably. All right. Well, we we'll we'll come back to we'll come back to that later because right now there's a uh, there's serious stuff afoot. I you know I I wish I could remember with clarity how I reacted the first time I watched this, but it was so long ago that I really can't. I really can't quite remember. But in a way, I I'd give anything to like uh, I, I'd give anything to like somehow like watch this movie uh, with no memory with, of it. Yeah, fresh eye. Or to, yeah. yeah, to be able to kind of like look at all of his performance and everything that's going on here, and and like you're know, just like like what is he doing? What is going on? Before you get to, before you get to to this little bit right here, where finally you have some. I mean, even now you're like, "What he's bleeding milk? What the?" Is is he
0: dead? Like we're about to zoom out and see that he's been hit. I mean, like you really yeah. have no clue.
1: That thing right there, like that thing he does with his mouth, that kind of dop, dop yeah. Before like he gl- like reaches up, like and, glitching out or something. Yes. Yeah, like. Oh man. And the thing is, I mean, you know, like, who had played, I mean, where was the template for, like, you know, how androids or replicants or whatever are supposed to behave? And yeah. I don't know where Ian Holm is, like, you know, drawing from on this, but, man, really does some interesting, interesting stuff.
0: You know, I just sort of realized how much handheld camera operating there is in this film that, yep. like, it, it's it's a little surprising. Because, I mean, they zoom right around, you know, the back of it. Yeah, just,
1: just walk right around him. And- this this bit right here, again, like I, I'm, I'm dying. at, like whose idea was this? Yeah. You know, like I know I'll I'll kill her with a nudie mag.
0: <laughs> There's a little pent up frustration Ian had back back the, of the the, then. That's exactly well.
1: That's the thing. I mean, there is a weird there is a weird sexual kind of yeah undertone to this whole scene. Well, I mean, and, there and, is an obvious. It's also kind played
0: up by the like. I always sort of also thought. Is that the best way to do it? <laughs> like I mean it just it really is a very, you know,
1: I figure as strong as he is, he's planning on getting that, you know, like all the way down to her lungs at some oh, point. Oh, okay, is that yeah. Cover your heart, Indy.
0: Look at I this. Cover here. Your Look heart. at this
1: here. Ah! <laughs> I'm not sure what he does, but it looks painful.
0: It's like an atomic titty twister. Or it is. It's is. really
1: bad. Whack. Not really built for combat these things but there there is a really strange kind of sexual undertone to that whole scene i mean there's a there's a kind of a domestic violence kind of yeah. you know uh, overtone to it there's obviously you know a little bit of a that's th- so freaky <laughs> there's, there's a bit of a phallic kind of thing going on you know within like you know rolling up this magazine and like you know forcing it into her mouth yeah i mean there's just like i was saying Everything that there is to be afraid of—they <laughs> still do the
0: same thing again you know, of spraying something right in their face when I don't think they're expecting it. Right. You know. But you know, you're, you're you're absolutely right.
1: Everything that there is to be afraid of kind of works its way into this film in yeah. some form or fashion. Yeah. You know. Um.
0: <laughs> Get him off! Get him off!
1: Those hands look a little ganky.
0: Yeah,
1: cattle prod. I have. <laughs> this is one of those things where, you know, like, I know, like, for the uh, for the autopsy of the face hugger earlier, I know they were just like, oh, we'll get some oysters, we'll get yeah. you know some this and that," you know, like they just kind of filled it with. You know, various types of seafood. Like, yeah. I wonder what the discussion going into this scene was. Well,
0: you know, it is sort of weird. Up until this point, you you always sort of thought of, like, a robot. You know, whereas yeah, this is really goes into a little more of a, like, a, 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 some sort of something else. A living Bi- organism. Biological
1: or engineering. Yeah. As opposed to, like, robotic or mechanical engineering. They actually do a really good job, kind of tying this part together. Yeah, there's a little bit of a rough cut to
0: to it, you know. But but I, I once they get here, I mean, it really it really works. It works. The
1: only time it really doesn't work is where they that where she like slaps him at the yeah, end before yeah. they, they burn it. Oh, it's ganky. Yeah, it's gay. It like Ridley guy is like, you know, there's only so much you can. Do. <laughs> <laughs> at some at some point, the head is as good as the head is going to get, and then you got to shoot it and set it on fire.
0: It almost, made, if if it had to be like a one take thing too, maybe you know, yeah. like maybe it was one of those things where something happened and they just had to.
1: We've got enough money to make one of these. Yes, and that's <laughs> uh, that's the that's what's going to be. I love what they do with his voice here too. That yeah. uh, that they they, they, of, they modulate it yeah. in some way, but it it's really uh, it's really. Cool. T
0: Pain uses the same, same Doesn't thing. Doesn't he to make albums? Doesn't know?
1: he though? I repeat, all of the priorities are reset. So, you know, one of the things that they talk about is that whole kind of fear of, like, you know, heartless uh, heartless corporations exploiting people, right? Of course, yeah. And I mean, because that's what they do. I don't know that that had really been – I don't know that anybody had really done, like, a movie that, that raised it to, like, this level. Like Wait, these or been stakes.
0: this sort of – Overt about it, yeah, like it, yeah. I mean, they're just saying like the company's yes, literally the saying, the company,
1: you're company you're
0: expendable." We want that thing, yeah, um, and we don't yeah, care about. Up anything. until now, it almost was much more subtle. Like if there was stuff in movies, it was typically. Um, I mean, I think that there were and also movies- you just didn't see this kind of movie tackling it. That's that's exactly like, right. Like this, this in this. You know, form or right. or whatever.
1: I think that there were movies about you know, like you know, dock workers, uh, you know, going on Rising strike over sa- the, safety concerns. Yeah, factory yeah. workers, uh, you know, you know, being uh, you know, banding together to you know, stop themselves from being replaced by automation. And yeah, I mean, that's not saying that like no cinema explored it before this, but to kind of have the, I mean, the ultimate kind so of bad guy. Oh yeah, it is. You yeah, have my sympathies, and then that really awful one. Yeah. <laughs> But to like ultimately, I mean, because the alien is not really a the villain in a sense. I mean, the alien is just an animal who's doing what animals do. Yeah. Um. But really, the villain in this film is the big faceless, heartless corporation who wants the scientific research, and that is a pretty. uh, I mean, that's something that I mean, like every movie is about that now. Like, you can't go see a movie where there's you know the corporation isn't a bad guy in some way. And, uh, but at the time, I I think it was a pretty, uh, I think it was a pretty new, new idea.
0: I agree. I love that line there about, like, I can't lie to you about your chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have my sympathies. Oh, like yeah. You know, it's that weird thing where even, you know, even, again, like you're saying, the alien's not really, he's not even really, he is simply following instructions. I he mean, doesn't have, well, well, he, he's a
1: fucking robot, he doesn't
0: have a choice. Exactly. It's not like, and, and so, but you, but you see, you know, you see them as like, I'll fucking kill him, and it's, you know, I mean, yeah. he's not pulling the strings.
1: Now again, I'll, I'll come back here. She tells them to go down and get all the coolant uh, that they can carry, and uh, I could be wrong, but I am pretty sure they don't make it back to the shuttle with the coolant. Well, and so it's like one of those things. Are like, well, how much cool? I'm like, why do they need the cool? Like, how how serious is
0: this? Yeah, no, I, I agree. There is a few times uh, movies do that, and then this is one of those times where, at this point in the film, none of them should leave each other. Like, Probably I mean, it's, not you know, it, it is that sort of like, don't you know.
1: Don't, don't go turn around puzzle. and go back
0: in the house or don't, you know, don't
1: do it. Yeah. Now, I do want to give them credit. This is one of the, th- I don't know why, but for some reason, as a matter of fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a website. Okay. I'm going to start a website when I have Geo-Cities. plenty of time to myself on GeoCities. Okay, good. That's where you start websites. I think uh, it's the only place that does it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I want to start a website that documents uh, the the mechanisms and procedures. Or enabling Starship self-destruct sequences.
0: <laughs> that is an awesome idea. And
1: just like like find like all the different all ones the I can.
0: This is an awesome idea because they are everyone. They, they all sort of have like similarities, but some yeah. are, are 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 even more complex. Some are uh, like it seems like some are way too easy. It Seems like the Star Trek world they're way too easy because I mean all the time they're like you know self-destruct code alpha one yeah. alpha like at the drop of a and it's like a one a like is that's like the it fucking, really yeah and you just have to say it and it'll set the timer like there's there's just and they of course they blow up their own fucking ship like eight times in in the
1: in the course of the series in the course of, the of the
0: different series yeah but uh that's an awesome idea i like that
1: I, I i would love i would love to just put it all together because this one is one of my favorite yeah and i think that this was also a huge influence on the uh that that whole genesis contraption from uh, star trek star II, trek 2 yeah wrath of khan not not the 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 classic star trek 2 what's the what's the, into darkness into darkness yeah. yeah also with khan oddly enough spoilers oh god wait um i i i got to be i I've, I've got cats and and i love my cats I, I mean like like really i like my cats a lot They've brought a lot of joy to my life. They've been great pets. At this point, I'm leaving them. I got to be honest I, I, with you.
0: I can't go along with it. i got, I got a puppy dog, and well, I, I I would
1: I would go back. It,
0: it, you know, if it meant the end of me, you know, it, it, I would still have to uh, to try.
1: You know, the, the thing it is, but I also don't
0: have. A family counting on me as well, which that, I think that's a big exactly part of what it. I was going
1: to say. Like my attitude towards my cats has changed enormously since Zeli was born. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm sure. I,
1: it's just like, like I mean, it used to be like you know they were. I mean, whatever kind of space in my psyche there was for, for kind of like an offspring sure. archetype, they were kind of filling. And now that I have an actual offspring, like they're, I'm just like Shh, you're in the way, move. <laughs> you <know? laughs> here's your food. I, Leave me alone. And, and I really, I,
0: <laughs> I, I really can't understand that. I mean, I, you know, but it's uh. Yeah, I don't know. It is kind of it is kind of weird because I completely can identify with this. But you know, again, it's yeah. I have no you know children that I know of.
1: That's a, that, it's it's good that you it's good that you put that caveat always, on it. You know, I mean, because let's face it, there's a distinct possibility. I mean, Never mind. Um, but I, I have to I have to admit that I I think maybe the only thing that I would I would maybe criticize the film, for, although no, you know what. I'll I'll even back that up a little bit because I was going to say yeah it's a little cliche but I don't think it was cliche at the time to like go back for the cat or to like go back for that one thing or you know like yeah I think at the time uh oh uh oh and like do you this see the spacesuits yeah. and you're like oh well maybe it's the well, spacesuits it and then you sort of see and then she the sees this you know you bring up a great point
0: what were they getting these things for
1: I I have no idea.
0: Was it, wouldn't it like oxygen or something? Like they wouldn't well, have enough coolant. Three she says coolant. coolant, but I, I don't know. Maybe they have to know. run the rockets longer or something. I Leave the know. channel just... open.
1: I don't remember that line, hearing that line. He's here to kill us. Uh oh. Uh oh. Now, the guy, give interested- us a kiss. <laughs> That's probably the best shot you get of the alien in the whole movie, where you see him standing up there. Just
0: about, yeah. The, the, the longest, at least. Yeah, you, know, you, or the, you, know, you
1: very rarely see like a full Oh, well, I don't know if you ever see a full body really shot. You really don't. Until I, he gets blasted out in the space. I'm not going to
0: lie. Like I Honestly, the, the thing is, I always felt like after this movie, until you like would maybe see a model of it, yeah. you never really fully understood what it looked like, I don't think. Yeah. You always just sort of saw bits and pieces of it. Because um, they never do show a, a great, great shot of it until, I guess, maybe it
1: flies... Yeah, until you see it floating outside the But even then, it's
0: sort of quickly enough that I
1: I, I don't know. Ooh, that's bad. That's so bad. But, uh, yeah, the thing I was going to say is that uh, I think that... And again, okay, again here, like, coming back to... Like, there's this odd sexual kind of... Oh, yeah, this is is very... Very, you know, like, violating her. Like, you know, what is he doing? And I don't know if that was inspired wholly by geek? Japanese pornography. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this inspired Japanese pornography. Well,
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure it actually probably was before this, but I don't know. You're, you may, may not no, be. Your Sukadoji
1: was around in the late 70s. Se- wasn't that like the late 70s? I,
0: think, I was thinking it was early 80s, but, or, or early to mid-80s. And, and it's kind of not. the
1: grandfather of tentacle porn, isn't it?
0: I don't know. I actually think that's been around longer than... I, I remember re- watching something one time where they were talking to a guy who was like one of the Guys that you know, did that for the first time, and I was really yeah. surprised that it was had been around as long as, long as it as was. was. So I don't know, maybe.
1: Anyway, we've anyway, feel like we've got be- <laughs> we've gotten way off track here. We were talking about food, but uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I, what I'm wondering is like I'm wondering if like that was like something that was always kind of floating around in the back of the minds, or if yeah. it was like the influence of H.R. Giger, and you know, and and like deciding to. Uh, Deciding to, you know, to, to kind of go that way with some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the scenes.
0: Something I just thought about because I I really am very intrigued by your idea of this. Yeah. How many things do we have in real life that have self destruct Like, why is it? Why is it all of a sudden in in like sci-fi? Yeah, like- it has become such a everything has a self-destruct mechanism.
1: Yeah, emergency destruction Because you
0: system. really think about it. I mean, I'm sure there are things in like a... My
1: car doesn't have a self-destruct. No,
0: that you, that you know of. Oh, the that's a good point. That's a good it, point. But, but in all seriousness, Oh, no, like- you
1: know what? Actually, you know, for real, both my cars have that airbag issue... They, like like oh, when the airbag yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is like a shrapnel bomb. Oh jeez! Both of my cars have that. I got I got I actually called the dealership. It is kind like of that.
0: it is kind of odd though that you think about things like that. Like airplanes
1: don't have self destruct. Boats don't have self destruct. I'm sure because like, in general you don't, don't want dream. things to
0: destruct. Well, and also you never want to put a thing in that. Could ever like you kind of bring up a good point that I think this movie does a good job of making it difficult enough yeah. that you're never going to accidentally do this process. Ew. But it's also still like if you had somebody go crazy, somebody do whatever, it's not something that one person is obviously able to do. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing you would never want that you would never want anything to be that easy that easily done. Um. You know, I I don't know. It's just sort of interesting that that's become such a trope in 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 sci-fi and action movies and things like that. Yep. And realistically, in the real world, I mean, I, I I am sure that there's probably something in like say a new stealth you know fighter or something. That's there probably is a thing that you know. Emulates the interior of it, or Although, something like that. Although they did find shit off that last one that crashed, didn't they? Yeah,
1: well, that's what I was going to say. I was watching that uh, that special that was on a couple weeks ago, with the, where they interviewed that uh, that guy, that Navy SEAL, that no, uh, oh, the guy that, that says he, that says he took Obama. the kill shot yeah. on Osama bin Laden, and uh, that's Barack Obama, right, right, yeah,
0: obviously the SEAL who took the shot.
1: But uh, but he was talking about. Uh, the helicopter, like the like the helicopter that crashed, yeah. And they had to, like, they had to have like their demolition guys go over and wire like explosives to. And like he could. didn't say what they used, but they like like thermex or something. But they used yeah. some kind of like explosive that burned Melted. really, really hot. Yeah,
0: that, that makes sure to melt it, so right? Because no. they
1: didn't want those components, like they didn't want any of the electronics or the interior falling yeah. into the wrong hands. Uh. But the point is, they didn't have a self destruct.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had to do it. after They had the to do it
1: themselves. Now here is the scene. This is, I mean, this is the famous. This is the scene. Like when you talk about and controversial too. Out, A very, lot of people really
0: are like, this shouldn't have maybe even been in here.
1: Um, but this was cut out of the director's cut for time. Really, I mean, just for time. Yeah. That, like the movie was like the original cut of the movie was like two hours and forty five minutes or something. Yeah. And they were trying to get it down, and so this was like I don't know how long this scene was, but it was like five six minutes or something that they could take out, and you know, whatever, but. Uh the scene where she comes across Dallas and Brett cocooned and kind of mutating into yeah. eggs or something. I, I I guess the I guess the idea is that somehow like they're being they're being broke down and like their nutrients are gonna be recycled. Uh, that's I think the
0: idea is that they're 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 going to be the fuel or something to, to feed the, the Yeah, it's gonna you know, form a or something.
1: But anyway, that scene gets lost purely for for time purposes. And that's basically how you get the alien franchise. Well,
0: exactly. You know, and, and the thing I think is real interesting is I don't think that the, or I mean, I don't know. There's probably some people that knew about, it, but it didn't really become well known until well after the second movie was oh, out yeah, that yeah, that yeah. scene existed. And I remember when the very first DVD uh, box set or DVD versions of these came out, and they were going to have these. Actually, not take it back. It was when I bought the laser discs. Yes, because I, I, I remember one reason I was buying was because they had all the behind the scenes, yep, um, and, and cut footage and whatnot, and um. It was one of those things. It was. It was really when they when they were talking about making the DVDs and putting them back in. People were like, "Well, that's gonna. It's completely out of kind of canon. It like you know totally messes up the, you know,
1: yeah, it messes up the continuity. But uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, here we go. Right here. Uh oh, it's a movie. Basically, Alien Isolation, the video game, I think was basically inspired by this sequence right here. Yeah. Like, thanks for the strobe lights. It's just what I needed. Tony Weaver is amazing in this. I mean, just
0: just sort absolute of hu- hu- hang, hold, terror, uh, hugging to the wall, not wanting to turn around till she knows she's or feels like she's far enough away, or you know, it's like that. Not quite. I got to keep my eyes is. on it, you know, because yeah, I mean, because this thing, any other movie, they would just run away.
1: There's that whole scene with the the cat, the guy that played the alien. Was a graphic designer that somebody came across in a bar. I thought you
0: say the guy that played the cat. I was, just, I really, I was, like, I was like, are
1: you? The guy that played the cat was a, uh, he was a short He guy. was
0: I mean, but very good. Very I mean, he's good Very, very believable a as makeup. a cat. A lot of makeup. A lot of makeup. Of makeup. He, had to, he had to lose like 120 pounds just yeah. to play that role. He
1: weighed 123. And he
0: weighed 123.
1: Uh, but Sorry. the guy that played the alien was—he uh, was like like somebody found him in a bar. He was a really tall. I think he was like close to seven feet tall. Oh shit! Really lanky. He was a graphic designer, and somebody approached him and said, "Hey, you want to be in the movies?" And it went, and like they weren't just cruising, you know? Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> but because uh, that—I mean—that pickup line, God, that's that's as old as time. But. Uh, Anyway, the point is that uh, they, they, they get this guy to come in, and I think they, they send him to, like, mime classes, you know, like hmm. you know, kind of get, like, yeah, get, get the, him thinking about, like, you know, how he moves how his body How to speak through stuff. your
0: movements kind of more.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, he, he does a great job. Yeah. Between him and, the, and the, the, you know, the animatronics, you know, in the head, you know, to kind of, you know, like, the, the close-up shots where they get, like, the, the mouth moving, kind of get some of that expression. I've turned the cooling unit back on. Mother's not listening. Now this, I never. That's also another interesting thing. I never thing, like, quite to name
0: the computer mother. Like it yeah. sort of. I bet you anything. There is some sort of. I don't. I really don't know that. I think I know what it is. I, but I feel like there's got to be some sort of.
1: Um, I never quite understood what she was trying to do here. Like it seemed like she was trying to like cancel the countdown, or maybe well, buy herself more time or something. I
0: think that was the idea because I think.
1: But she I think, I think she's, she's retracing go- her steps. Like this is the corridor yeah. she was going down when she was trying to get away from the alien. She's doubling back to where she's left Well, Jones. she goes
0: back to get the cooling, doesn't she? Like she has to have that for some reason. Maybe so. Cuz well, doesn't she go back to where they had gotten it and bring some of it back? She like gets
1: Well, I I do have a It vague has been memory. a hot
0: minute since I watched it, but
1: I do have a vague memory of her like pushing some cart or something, but I'm trying to rem- maybe I'm thinking of 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 uh Yafit Kodo and Cartwright. But I mean, this is the corridor she was down. She's he's coming back to where Jones is, and that's where the airlock is. Yeah. So I never quite understood exactly what she was trying to accomplish. You know, just that she's trying to do something. The computer's not letting her. She's frustrated. There's savage pressure. But she's got a flamethrower, so maybe she's maybe she's going to be okay.
0: This the the way those lights play off of the. I mean, really, you, your eyes are keep going like is yeah. something moving or is it not moving? I can't tell. You know,
1: it, it, it's maddening. There's the airlock. We're almost home.
0: Well, I guess that's it. It's blocking the airlock. She can't get past it. So she's got. She's like, okay, we're gonna just blow up. So she goes to stop it ah. to then try to take out the alien or do whatever. Right. By mm-hmm. herself. Does that not maybe make sense? Yeah, actually, okay.
1: that does make sense. Yeah, because she just can't get around. She it. She just can't get there in the time. Only, that's the only. That's passage the only passage. To the uh, there's only to one the way in the <laughs> That's what they Which call. Which the, the cat way. is very anxious to get the, on the board. The cat
0: is. The cat is like. Look, the cat's I'm- like we're getting on the Purina mobile.
1: <laughs> I'm sold. Always seemed
0: like. I do. This is a weird thing too. That's such a, like a relief room. Like it's yeah. well lit. I can see what's coming. You know yeah there's giant fireballs being shot down the, the the airlock for no good or down the uh hallway for no good reason when, when,
1: when there's giant fireballs you know that you've <laughs> got a minute to abandon your ship yes, you know it's getting pretty it's pretty it's getting pretty damn close exactly but uh oh man like that's the thing i mean like you know you're you're uh you're right here and you're just like, oh god we're gonna make it we're gonna make it that shows up in uh, in Blade Runner too, when uh, when when they when they uh, when they take off in the spinner, mm-hmm. and there's a close-up of the screen. It's like purge. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. if Little in that. joke. But you know, like the the thing that's cool about this is that they don't like it's not like that three, two. Yeah. Well, you know, like like they don't cut it like so ridiculously close. Like it, it's conceivable that. In 20 seconds, she's going to be able to like make it far enough away from the ship that she's yeah. not consumed by the thermonuclear blast. Yeah. Although you know that that obviously has become—I mean, that's a that's a that's a trope in and of itself. You know, the, it got really popular, and then it kind of became a, like a parody. And
0: yeah. So, I mean, I think the 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 best usage of it, though, and I, I it's so corny, but it's so perfect, is in Goldfinger. Gal- oh, Goldfinger. When it's double, when it starts on 007, doesn't no, yeah. no, it? No, no, I think it actually doesn't stop on 007, now that I think about it. I think it stops on, like, 3 or something, but... Right. Um. I was going to say Galaxy Quest. I think Oh, Galaxy yeah, Quest. well, but see, that's one of those self-aware, oh, like, yeah, where they're doing totally, it, you know...
1: It always stops on one. <laughs> oh, man. But they play it for God, such... I love that movie. They play it for such a great moment. The, 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 like the, like Sigourney Weaver, ironically, and Tim are sitting there, like they think they're going to die. And he says to her, when I've always and like, like he gets up that far, and then they just like there's no words, and then she's like, "What were you gonna say?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, that movie is
1: fantastic. It man. is. It's fucking great. We, we need to
0: write. We, we we talked about it not too long ago about a, some right. concepts for a reboot. I think we you know, we've
1: we got to do a Kickstarter should. for our, our Galaxy Quest sequel idea.
0: Yeah, I think there's some good stuff there. But, but yep. So the movie's over. So the movie's over. Happy. She won. Oh, she won. She's good. The cat's great. fine. The cat's so. fine. She's fine. Yeah.
1: Nothing to worry about. So I'm the sure, alien is obviously dead. Yeah, it was consumed in a thermonuclear explosion.
0: And she took off, nuked the site from orbit.
1: That's how. I mean, that's the only way to be sure. And yet, we're not done yet. And I have to wonder, like, I, you know, and there, this is a. Yeah, I mean, they go for
0: a while. Like, you know, it's not just yeah. you know she. It's not like it just happens right afterwards. I mean, you know, it's like ah, oh, we got time to pet the cat. We got time to. Chill out for a few minutes.
1: But again, you want to talk about you want to talk about something this movie does that like every movie that followed it would do is that whole like not dead yet, you yeah. know. And I mean, obviously, like some you know some movies just take this to uh, oh to
0: to to a to a ridiculous, ridiculous extent, yeah.
1: But again, I, I think this is I think this is one of the first movies that, that I'm aware of. I think you're probably right that uh, that did this whole kind of. Ending beyond the ending, yeah, you know, kind of thing. One last, every, yeah, you- one last scare. But as opposed to it, just I don't know, like as opposed to it, you know, just being a a uh, as opposed to it being kind of a cheap scare. As opposed to it kind of being a a throwaway kind of thing, they turn it into one of the most riveting. I mean in in a way this is one of the most tension filled this is one of the most terrorizing sequences in the film and it's because she's so vulnerable in this mm-hmm. and again like th- this whole thing comes you remember what I've what I've said this whole time about like everything there is to be afraid of is in this movie yeah you know she's you know she's stripping like down to her underwear and there's that whole kind of like voyeuristic thing of like you know somebody watching me yeah um and uh you know, like like that feeling of, of violation you get, like when you when you realize that you know somebody has has been observing you, like in a private moment or something like that. I mean, that's that's going on here. And in addition to the fact that you know, when she finds, and there it is. I mean, they're doing the same gag again. Yeah. It's right there. It's right there. I mean, I mean, at this point, you're just like, "Hey, Sigourney Weaver, you know, yeah. not looking too bad." And then what happens? I mean, it's right there, and you've seen it a few times now. Yeah.
0: And this thing, like, I oh man, I really don't know ah! if anybody <laughs> see, sees that the first time. You know, like I don't I, know either. I, I I really try to remember back, and, and was I thinking, like, wait, it's right there. It's right there's yeah. got to be. I do remember thinking, like, something's got to happen. There's, there's yeah. a, This is going on for too long. Yeah. It, something's going to happen, but you don't really know. Like, maybe it's when some kind Yeah.
1: But, I mean, at this point... She's literally a woman in a closet in her underwear fighting a monster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she really, that's really what this is boiled down to. And I suppose, you know, you could, you probably got John Carpenter to thank for that a little bit. Yeah. But, um, cause, you know, certainly, uh, certainly Halloween kind of went, uh, went those places. But, I mean, man, it's just like, it's just like, how much worse can it get? Yeah. And the answer is not too much worse at this <laughs> point. But I think that's what makes Ridley such a heroic character is that she I mean she's just resourceful and relentless. As yeah. relentless as the aliens are, you know, Ripley is kind of relentless in equal measure. I mean, she is she's just so determined. She never never gives up. Kind of like Batman, a little bit. And um But yeah, I mean this this whole thing is just it's ridiculous. Yeah. The music in this section too is like
0: the sound in general in this whole movie because it's just you just get enough of these little creaks and creepy sounds and, and yeah. electronic you know things going on and it's just mm. yeah is that like him
1: yawning? Well, what, would that, it, what would that be considered? That, that, <laughs> it's interesting because I have often I have often thought about this and since I since we're we're talking about it, let's just talk about it. Like I was saying earlier, I always kind of find myself imagining, you know, like, what else is going on here? What is the alien's plan?
0: Well, you know, the alien
1: Does the alien, is it smart enough to have a plan?
0: It's not moving very quickly either. It's almost like it's been injured or something. Well,
1: what I'm wondering is, like, does the alien like did the alien get on the fucking space like on the shuttle because he knew it, it, was he, leaving. it senses yeah. danger yeah like it knows I mean, like yeah, the ship's didn't... gonna blow up or whatever and yeah. like so it's getting on the space shuttle for the same reason she is which is to survive yeah and so that being the case like I'm sitting like it's not really trying to attack her right now anyway yeah and so like i I don't know I sit here and find myself like kind of you know wondering like what's the alien do like is it is it just a big dumb animal that wandered into the sh- shuttle, or like, does it have enough intelligence to realize that it needs to be on this shuttle if it wants to survive? And if I go a step beyond that, or, does it know that it needs her to fly this thing in order yeah. for it to survive? You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, or at this point, is it is its plan to? I mean, because that's the thing. Like, it, it seems perfectly content to just sit there.
0: Yeah. Well, that, it gets all this time to get in there. Like, that's why I almost thought, is there is there potential that's Injured, or or even I almost wondered if like maybe that last time that she comes around and like you know sh- shoots a blast of fire at it or something. Maybe yeah, maybe it, she got it. Maybe it's kind of scared and it goes in because I mean because it, yeah. it goes the opposite way of her, which is into the shuttle. It does. Like it's almost like running away from her, Which I mean, it's not, It shouldn't be scared at this point. It, no it, it, it knows it's use, got
1: nothing to fear from humans.
0: So I don't know. Maybe I wonder if there, there's no other extra scenes that like they didn't put in that are like, in between yeah. the scene. Is there? Because I can't. Nothing I'm remember. aware of.
1: But it's just it's one of those things that I that I've often had fun just kind of imagining why. Also, and I
0: also I, fucking with it here. Yeah, <laughs> I always just. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah like I was that. Chilling. Hey, I wasn't even killing you.
1: Now was, I'm pissed. But that whole thing where she's singing "You Are My Lucky Star" here. Yeah, it's just like. It's man. It's just. I mean, her, what are you gonna say? I mean, Sigourney Weaver is amazing in this movie. Yeah, she is just amazing. And I mean, like this point, it's like, oh god, this is really going. This may this seemed like a, such a better idea back in the closet.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, <laughs> that whole thing where she's she's doing it, but she's terrified. I don't like just seeing like seeing how how. Uh, Seeing, you know, how afraid she really is, I think makes what she does all the more all the more heroic. And the fact that you know she, she turns around to lure this thing over is yeah.
0: just like, Jesus.
1: What's the last thing you want to do? It took me you know, I I watched this movie dozens of times before I ever got that that whole kind of build up sequence where you're seeing the lights in her helmet.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it took before it can
1: yeah, before, pressurize or whatever. Yeah, it is. before it's ready to like launch the oh God, it's right there. That's right, that's right. you're really clever until Sir Isaac Newton shows up fuck you
0: <laughs> and then and even this like even you know, it's like it's still it, it not dead
1: can't. still not dead that's that's the that, that's the one part of the movie where you you do kind of get a get a kind of a look at it uh oh yeah, lucky break Burned into the after or uh, floated into the afterburners. And now they, they finally kinda give you the they finally kinda give you the the music and everything to let you know that uh Yeah that it is It is finally over. But man <laughs> But man <laughs> did it take some effort to get here. So yeah, man, I mean when we were kids, Aliens was my favorite by far. Oh yeah. I yeah. watched Ali there was a period of time when Grayson and I, this was it would have been when we were in high school, maybe I'd have been a freshman or a sophomore. Grayson would have been a year ahead of me. Uh you're, you're, we watched this movie two times a weekend for maybe a year. You're talking to the this, this aliens, aliens. Aliens. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched aliens like I'm I'm serious, like twice a weekend, like Friday and Saturday night for a year or more. And I mean, we just ate that movie up. It was huge, 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 huge. Yeah. And it's so strange that as I've kind of gotten older, and I guess my tastes have, you know, have have altered a little bit, matured maybe. Um,. I really like aliens i mean it's real it's still it 's still every bit as much fun as it ever was. I think in terms of like the cleverness of the sequel, like mm-hmm. finding kind of like the end point for how you make a sequel mm-hmm. I think it 's one of the one of the best ideas that Cameron's ever had for a sequel, which is saying something yeah, but I watched this movie and i 'm just in Awe, I am in awe of this film.
0: You know, the the sequel is is such a good action movie. I mean, it's just it's a it's a great action movie. It's got some great characters, great storytelling. Yeah, Um, but it it is sort of. I I feel like it's slightly less special. You know, when it all comes down to it, like I don't I don't feel like there was necessarily quite as much. Ground broke with it as as, as say with this one. Pissed. I uh, I thought when you first said that I thought you were talking about just the franchise. Like I, I have always loved loved the the, the first two movies. Yeah. Everything after from you know like Alien Three on I, I won't even say that I hated them. Like no, you know most as a matter of fact some you you
1: always were one of the like the few people that was really like you know Alien Three. There's some things about Alien Three that are pretty good actually. There's, and,
0: and a lot of it I will say is probably skewed. I was I was hugely into Fincher at the time because I loved Seven. Yeah, and and, and I give him you know probably gave him a little bit of. Latitude because of that, but I just I always remember thinking that like the the first one was always my favorite. The sequel was good, and I really enjoyed Aliens. Yeah, but there's something about I don't know like there's in that one. It's like they're so ready for battle. It's like that flipping a don's head, where it's it, these are soldiers, you know, yeah. going after a target. They've got weapons. Now, I mean, it gets kind of turned on its head. Well, that's the whole point, way. you
1: know. Like as Cameron says, it's kind of his Vietnam analogy. Like, yeah. the whole idea is that like a technologically oh, superior force, yeah. gets their asses kicked, you know, by the the local wildlife in that, yeah. in that case. Yeah.
0: But that's the thing, I guess. I kind of love about the first one is it is sort of it is that complete unknown. You, you know, the characters in there are in no way, shape, or form supposed to be dealing with something similar uh, to this. Yep. Oh, Mobius worked on this. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I,
1: I don't know if he. I, I don't know if they uh, they they took his designs and adapted them, or if he actually was oh, okay. making designs specifically for this. I I've I often wonder that. That's I know ex- Ridley I Scott's a huge that. fan of Mobius. He yeah. was really into heavy metal back in the day and whatnot.
0: But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I've always, I've always sort of, the, the first one's always been the best to me, the second one was was, was almost equally as good, but just in a yeah. totally different way. And also, it is one of those franchises where, you know, a lot of franchises, the series is very similar, like, you know, I mean, like, the, the sequel yeah. is just more of this, of what you liked about the first one. These were completely different, I mean, just yeah. totally different films, totally. and, um, and, and you know, like I said, you know, third one I, I, I liked okay. Although I will say, over time, I I don't know that I've watched the the third one in fifteen years, probably. Right. Um. And and the rest are are sort of you know mixed bags for me, uh, you know, here yeah. and there. But I mean, the this movie I've, I've always really, really, really enjoyed. I love the cast, love the storytelling. It's just intense.
1: It, it does, and it gets. It does seem to get better with age. You know, my one of my kind of guilty pleasure things is Alien Resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Which is not a great film by any stretch of the imagination, but there's things about it that that I actually really, really do like. Uh, namely, the cast. It, yeah, I mean, it's got some. Of my, I mean, it's got Ron Perlman, Dan Hedaya, Michael Wincott, Brad Dourif. I mean, it's got like it's got the Dane from <laughs> uh, from Miller's Crossing. I mean, I love the cast. I absolutely love the cast. And I, and I love to see those actors uh, you know on screen together, but there's things about it that you know just as somebody who likes filmmaking, I really appreciate and like one of the things is that the cinematographer and the production designer got together on Alien Resurrection and they designed the sets such that all of the lighting in that movie is practical. Every bit of the lighting that you're seeing that's going on with the characters is built into the set. Wow, and I'm just like I watched that movie. and I'm like the lighting's really good in this. I mean, like normally you do that like on a TV show or something, and you and just like flood light to cut, like like yeah. you know, like like Star Trek, you know? Yeah. You flood light to you know just you know get everything as flat as you, you can because it's cheap, it's fast, yeah, sure, and it's cheap. Consequently, and you look at that film and see how good the lighting is, and realize that it's all like practical stuff built into the into the set. You're like, that's amazing. I that mean, is that's amazing, impressive. and so. There's things about it I can appreciate even though uh, I don't find it to to be an especially great film uh, yeah. despite Whedon's best efforts. Or well, I don't know that it was his best efforts. It was Whedon's effort, but it, I, it might not have been his best. <laughs> this has been the drive home breakdown for... Alien and we do hope that you enjoyed it it 's uh, one of our favorites. my favorite uh, from the alien franchise, although that was not always the case as we, as we talked about, uh, but we are really really interested to know what you thought about uh, about our commentary about the film itself we 're going to be back again with another commentary in the coming weeks i won 't spoil it, but we 're looking at some very very cool classic movies that we think you'll enjoy until then remember pro driving tip number 1265 if a penis-shaped monster bursts out of the chest of one of your co-workers and another co-worker tries to convince you not to kill it that man is the next one going into an airlock see you next time